This episode of the Link Up Podcast is brought to you by Moody & Co. CBD is everywhere these days, from supplement and nutrition stores to gas station displays. With so many options, how can anyone make sense of what to buy, how to properly dose, or trust in the quality and purity of the products? Luckily, our friends at Moody & Co. have all your bases covered. Moody & Co.'s products started their life, hand-grown, and cultivated following strict organic growing practices in the fertile soil of the West Tennessee Delta. Each hemp plant was hand-planted on their family-operated farm, fed only high-quality organic nutrients, and finished their life free of any toxic pesticides and sprays. Moody & Co.'s world-class extraction and manufacturing partners are FDA-grade and CGMP compliant, so you can be sure each and every product is of the highest quality. What about potency and purity? Each of Moody & Co.'s products is third-party, lab-tested before and after the manufacturing process, and the tests are available for you right on their website. Their website is www.moodyand.co. I'll spell that for you. That's www.moodyand.co. How about that for transparency? Dosing instructions are on each bottle and their tinctures feature graduated droppers so you can be sure you are taking exactly what you need. With all the uncertainty about what goes into the products that go into you, you can rest easy with Moody & Co. CBD. Available at www.moodyand.co or on the shelf in Memphis and Oxford, Mississippi locations of Nail Bar & Co. Once again, I'll spell that website for you. It's www.moodyand.co. And now to our episode. My back hurts. It's tired of carrying bitch around all the time, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, how, can you break down your journey for us, like start to finish or start to today? Like, oh, man. Yeah, I can definitely do that. So, mine's lengthy. Um, mine actually started, I've, I guess we'll start. I've, I've been overweight most or had been overweight most of my life. I was, I was overweight as a child. Well, not an early child, but like kind of once you hit puberty, you know, 10 years old, 11 years old, I, I started getting a little overweight and it just progressed as I started hitting my middle school, high school years. And I just con continued to gain weight as I went through high school and it just really uncomfortable and nothing. I just, I wasn't really given the tools as somebody who was a teenager to eat properly, feel my body properly, work out, anything like that. So I just would eat. I, I found comfort in food. I mean, who doesn't, right? It, food, food is good. And I, I was sad. I would eat. I was bored. I would eat, you know? And I graduated, I was probably a size like 
14, 16. And then quickly after that, I, I gained weight after I, I graduated. Um, I got pregnant shortly after I graduated. Me and my husband have been together since I was a senior in high school. And are you still there? I just want to make sure that. Oh yeah. I just got, okay. I just got a notification that the internet was kind of weird. So just making sure. Um, shortly after high school, I got pregnant, um, probably about eight months after. And I was about 215 pounds when I got pregnant. And we, um, I was with my son. He's now 14. And um, I gained about 40 pounds of the pregnancy, lost it all. And, but even after, even after I lost that all, I didn't, didn't lose any after that. Um, so I got back down to, you know, 210, 215 after my pregnancy, but, and me and my husband got married after I had our son. And, but by the time, by 2010, so my son was born in 2008, by 2010, I was 260 pounds and that was my heaviest. And at that point I was like, okay, I'm just uncomfortable now. Like this is, this is too much. Um, I was getting uncomfortable walking around. I was getting uncomfortable, you know, playing around with my two year old at that point, you know, every, everything was just really not fun anymore. You know, 200 pounds is uncomfortable Add an extra 60 pounds on and it was just not okay anymore. And I remember at that point, that was when I, I avoided mirrors, you know, and, when you're that uncomfortable, you kind of just don't look in the mirror. Yeah, I would look from here up to do my makeup, to do my hair, but I avoided me uh, mirrors, full length mirrors. We didn't have one in our house. I avoided scales. The only the only reason I knew how much I weighed was because I went to the doctor. Um, mm-hmm. But I remember being at my dad's house, and I got out of the shower, and I there was a mirror right outside the shower. And I got a glimpse of my body and I just cried. And I was like, man, I can't live like this. Like, I, first of all, I didn't even know this is what I looked like. Second of all, wow, I've let myself go. And I, the next day I was just like, I've got to do something about this. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to do something about this. And my husband happened to have, I don't know if you all remember P90X. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tony totally Little. <laughs> Being 260 pounds, I don't know why I was thinking P90X was the way to go. <laughs> but <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm, we're going to do this. Mind you, being as young as we were, being um, – I was a waitress. He had a dead-end job. We didn't have much money. The gym membership was not it for us. So he, he had those workout discs. That was all we could afford. You know, We couldn't afford to go and do some – expensive diet we couldn't afford to go get a gym membership like it was work out at home do what we could you know we we were young parents who didn't have any money so we would pop in those discs every day and modify the hell out of them because i couldn't do everything that these discs allowed and um just get any kind of movement in that i could and back then um back in 2010 Unfortunately, diet culture was like at its peak. And see, I was restricting pretty heavily. Um, I know now that that is not the way to go. And um, luckily, that's not. 
you know, that's not the thing anymore. Um, anyways, so I lost all of my weight from the end of 2010 to the end of 2011. And I was pretty comfortable with where I was. And then I shortly got pregnant with my daughter um, after that. I got pregnant with her in the beginning of 2012, which we had been trying for another kid when my son was about a year and a half. But I'm guessing because I was overweight and then I was trying to lose weight. My hormones were probably a little off. Anyways, mm. we went to an infertility doctor and then we got pregnant with her. I know that's a little off topic, but very grateful that we did get pregnant with her at the beginning of 2012. Um, I gained 80 pounds with her when I was pregnant with her, probably because I went from eating 1,000 to 1,200 calories to then having to eat every time I was sick, which was all the time you have to, when you're pregnant, unfortunately, it really is, you just have to eat to stay not sick, which I wasn't eating bad things. I wasn't, not bad things. There's no, I don't think there's bad things or good things. I wasn't eating bad choices or unhealthy or, you know, choices in food. Um, it's just, I was having to, every time I felt nauseous, just put something in my mouth because it just to prevent throwing up, you know? And uh, I ended up gaining 80 pounds with her, even working out my entire pregnancy. So after I had her, I had to get all that weight off. And I did uh, most of it. I went 150 was my very lowest weight. I got down to 160 after I had her. And it probably took me about five, six months after I, after I had her. Um, and that was. So I had her in October of 2012. So probably spring of 2013 was when I got back down to about 160. And, you know, I'm sure you've talked to, you know, many women. Having a baby, having a young baby is really difficult to stay on track. Just in general. It's it's hard being a, a mom with young kids. I had a four-year-old and a newborn. My husband actually joined the military when my daughter was... When I was pregnant with her, he left 10 days before she was born, um, went to basic training and didn't, he wasn't actually reunited with us until she was six months old. Oh, wow. So it was very tough. And we went, we moved to Louisiana and like I said, luckily I got back to, as far as weight loss goes, I got back down to my weight, but it was really tough to like stay on track. Um, so at that point, once I got down to my weight, because everything was kind of changing and crazy, I wasn't able to keep like a steady, I'm a creature of habit. I'm the kind of person who likes to, if I don't have a habit going, I, I tend to get off track and that's, I know that about myself. And from 2013 to 2014, I gained 50 pounds and being a new mom, my you know, everything being crazy, my husband being gone, us getting settled in Louisiana. Um, and, from, you know, from, from 2014, 2015, I kind of kept that weight on. And then 2015, 2016, I realized, okay, we got to do this again, you know. So my journey has not been, you know, straight and narrow. And most people's aren't, you know, it just is what it is. It, you know, you kind of go up and down a bit and you learn a lot about yourself and that and that. And uh, I did the same thing again. I 
unfortunately, I didn't know any other way to do it, what then to restrict calories back down. So I restricted my calories back down. I, I got into a gym, which was a little different. It was more of like a CrossFit style gym. It wasn't really CrossFit-y or it wasn't like categorized as it, but it was CrossFit style. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, uh, learned a lot about lifting there and I kind of found a passion for it. Um, I also did Zumba. I met one of my really good friends, um, who now lives in, um, South Carolina and she got me into the love of Zumba and I was doing cardio and all of this stuff. Actually, I should probably back up. That came first. (laughs) Zumba came first. She's the one who introduced me to CrossFit. But anyways, um, all of that came about and I ended up losing the weight and realizing at that point, restricting calories was not it. Um, weight does not matter and kind of adjusting my whole mindset like okay you don't need to worry about all of that you need to worry about healthy you need to worry about how comfortable you are you need to worry about you know strength strength is actually a little more important than restricting yourself down and in a body image you know and over the years of you know, 2016 to the beginning of 2018, I started really like adjusting my mindset to that. And it was really tough. It was really tough to put that scale away and not weigh myself all the time. Because when I did start putting on a little bit of muscle, I did start gaining a little bit of weight. I had lost, you know, 40 pounds, but then I put on five pounds and I'd be like, wait a minute, why am I putting on five pounds? But some of that was me building that muscle that I had never built before. Cause I always had this cardio body with no muscle on it. And it was a different mindset for me. And so I had to kind of put that at the back of my mind. Um, But I really enjoyed it. It was a blast. It was so fun to kind of challenge your body and see what your body was capable of, you know, and see what you could do and push yourself as far as you could. And well, then 2018 came and I gained 50 pounds again. (laughs) And you know, we, we moved twice in 2018. One, one move was on base in Louisiana. One move was up here. I started a new job. Life got the best of me again. My, my habits were adjusted, you know, changed. Um, I couldn't work out when I wanted to. I couldn't find a schedule that worked for me. Um, I was working eight to five. I couldn't figure out where my workout fit. And in that, I couldn't figure out what type of eating worked for me. Um, So I just got complacent and I just let it go. And then we moved to Washington and my my husband got orders here. And like I said, I gained 50 pounds. I was really uncomfortable. And I realized how beautiful Washington was and that I wanted to see it up here. And I was like, you know what? We went on one hike and I was out of breath and I was uncomfortable. And I was like, nope. I weighed 205 and I couldn't get up, not even a really difficult hike. And I looked at my husband. And I was like, I'm not doing this. I'm, I'm going to see this state while we're here. I don't know how long we're going to be here. And it's too pretty up here for me not to be able to see how beautiful this area is. I'm, I'm going to get in shape and I'm going to hike. And so April of 28th. 2019, 
was when I really started hunkering down. And like I said, at that point, I'd already know that I knew the tools not to restrict my calories down. Um, at that point, I just started really like paying attention to the types of food I was eating, um, putting in just better foods into my body, fruits and vegetables, more protein, um, like changing the quality and uh, working out every day, going on hikes, doing things like that and just getting in movement. And I lost all the weight. I, I wouldn't say all the weight. I have not been 150 pounds again. And I don't weigh anymore, so I don't know how much I weigh. But I know for a fact I'm not 150 pounds again because I don't have that lean, non-muscular body that I did back at my lowest weight. Um, and I don't want that again. I, I like the muscular body that I have. And I like being comfortable in the skin that I'm in. And weight's doesn't matter to me anymore. What matters is how comfortable I am and how healthy I feel. I like being stronger. I like being able to do things that I wasn't able to do before. Um, lifting is my passion now. I love lifting. I love hiking. I love being able to feel like a badass going and doing things that I could never do before. Um, and like I said, just putting food into my body that's really important. So I've been able to maintain my weight since the end of 2019. And it feels really good to be able to do that and, and kind of feel like I have a handle on it. I feel like I finally been able to get rid of my, I don't want to, I don't want to say eating disorder, but I guess essentially having a food addiction is an eating disorder. Um, so yeah, it feels really good. It feels good to kind of be on a straight and narrow for a while and feel like I have a hold of things. So I don't restrict anything. I don't, I, I allow myself to have anything that I want, um, within moderation. So, yeah. So you got rid of the non-functional weight and put on functional weight. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. I think that was my problem before is I, I restricted myself so heavily. And I think that's why I gained my weight back twice is just full on restriction. Yeah. I think, um, I think a lot of people have that issue though, where they, don't want to get bulky or they think they're going to become massive by lifting weights or they're intimidated by weights. And I, I never took this into consideration before, but we had this lady, she's a kettlebell person. And she was talking about how like a lot of women are opposite of men. A lot of men have an ego when they're lifting weights where they want to lift too much and it's too much for them. And a lot of women will think they can't do it. And then when yes. they can do it, they'll get confidence from that. Yes. So there's a lot of confidence that comes not only just from the physical, but like the mental part of being able to do something that you didn't think you could do. Absolutely. And then that will shift in other parts of your life too, I would imagine. Absolutely. It's so true. I mean, there's times that I'll walk into the gym and I'm like, I might not be able to do this today. And then you do it and you're like, fuck yeah. Yeah. That feels good. Okay. And you have like the best day mm -hmm. and maybe even week afterwards. And you're like, I feel like I can conquer the world. And another thing I it noticed really too. Like whenever I'm at the gym and I pick up a weight and I'm thinking to myself, like that carrying around this weight, like all day would be insane. And some people do that multiple times when I hold it in my hand. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. To see, like to see like how much weight you've lost or whatever. And you picking up like a dumbbell that's like, don't we just say like 35 pounds or something like that? You know, imagine that was still on you. And then. I mean, that just goes to show you how yeah. amazing our bodies are that they can adapt to that. Oh my gosh. 
on yes. either either spectrum, like being in super good shape or being like morbidly obese or whatever. Like the for the body to be able to do that and thrive, you know, to some extent, like not just die instantly, it's insane. Absolutely. There, I picked up back in 2017. I picked up um, kettlebells that were 60 pounds each. Mm. Uh, no, they were 55 pounds each because to equal the 110 pounds that I lost, and I farmers carried them around the gym, and I was like. Damn, that was a lot of weight that I was carrying. Like, I cannot believe I carried this around for a period of time. You know how tough that is on your body. And no wonder people talk about like their backs, their knees, their, you know, everything hurting. Luckily, I had my weight on me when I was in my early 20s. But I cannot imagine having that weight on me, you know, when you're in your 30s, 40s, 50s. You know, that's tough. That's really tough. Yeah, the other day, Tony was talking about um, when he's at the gym in the mornings, he sees, like, elderly people and stuff like that in there, you know? And when I was there today, I was like, you know what? There's no more of this, oh, I'll just do it later, I'll do it tomorrow, whatever, with me. Mm -hmm. It just clicked in my head. I was like, this man is walking in this fucking gym right now that's coming into the door. It's probably at least 75, maybe even maybe 80, 90, whatever he is, right? But I was like, damn, man, this dude got up out of his fucking bed and drove up here and is fixing to get on the treadmill and walk next to me. I was like, yeah, there's there's definitely no reason. I I mean, there's no excuse ever again for me. Yes. No, I love that. So I work out at home because I have a home gym. I work out in my garage. Mm-hmm. And so when I come here and I hang I hang out with Jess and we go to her gym, I love going into the gym and seeing just everybody there working out of all different shapes and sizes and just pushing the hell out of themselves, no matter how they're pushing themselves. You know what I mean? Whether they're working on mobility, whether they're on the treadmill, whether they're lifting heavy weights, whether they're lifting... They're just starting out. No matter what the situation is, it's like, you're here showing up. And I I love it. It's so rewarding just seeing these people coming in, just showing up. And I do miss that about the gym because, like I said, I work out in my garage. So I, I don't get to experience that every day. But it's awesome. It's it's great. Because I love cheering people on and and rooting people on. There's nothing more, even on social media. I love social media for that because I'll just get on social media and scroll sometimes. And I'm like, fuck yeah, you're doing that, you know? And seeing people who just are at the beginning of their journey or really far into their journey. And you're just like, yeah, that's amazing. And yeah, it's just great. Yeah. It's like that meme. It's like never judge somebody that's at the gym struggling because they're doing more yes. than the person that's sitting on the couch. True. Yep. Or like you've seen people, I've seen people talk about how they'll just drive up to the gym and like start creating habits and like sit in the parking lot. Mm. And like, that's so, that's so amazing. Cause I'm like I said, I'm somebody who has to create habits as well. And like just showing up and driving there and sitting in the parking lot is so huge as well. And I love it. But even going back to the, the, like the physical weight, I can imagine the mental weight that it would take. Ugh. of like kind of, I kind of got that from what you were saying, like when you went on the hike and you know, when you saw yourself in the mirror at your dad's house, it's just insane that like, that's a lot of stuff that people don't put into account when they see somebody that's, you know, a heavier person or what have you. Like they're always like, Oh, that person's lazy, blah, blah, blah. But you don't know what, what the mental struggles that person had 
and why they are in the position they are. Because, I mean, everything we do in some shape or form is all mental. Absolutely. Either good or bad. So to get, like you said, to get those habits to to break that uh, and then just keep it, like, keep going. And that's, that's commendable that you did it during the pandemic, too. Because last one, a lot of people fell off was during the pandemic. I think the only reason I was successful there is because I had my home gym. Because mm. we already had established a home gym and I had our had already established us habits of working out at home but I didn't because a lot of people were struggling with the lack of equipment because everybody was out of equipment. We had already had all of our equipment from previously purchasing it. Um, so we were very fortunate in that area that there was no change in that, that we had already had everything there. So we were lucky in that way. Um, but yeah, with the mental something nobody talks about, as well is in gaining weight after you've already lost weight, it's really tough. So I don't really care too much about what other people think, but there is a stigma behind it. You know, when you have people who are looking up to you for motivation and like looking up to you for, you know, weight loss and to help push them. And then they see you gain weight on social media or in person or whatever. It's like, not that you're chastised because that's not really the case, but then you're no longer being looked up to. Mm. Then you're like, crap, you've gained weight. And then, oh, okay, they can't do it anymore. Well, well, what makes me think I can do it now? Mm-hmm. They can't do it, you know? Or even internally, I struggled with almost like letting myself down. So... I, in the very beginning stages of things, I would like try to go back to the gym and I couldn't lift the weights that I could a month ago. And then I would get in my head and I'd be like, well, I'm just a failure now because I can't do what I did a month ago. So what's the point of even being here? I I can't do what I did a month ago. So why am I even doing this? And then then you start just like self-talking yourself negatively because you can't do what you just could do. And then oh, crap, you're just a failure because because if you would have just stuck with it, you would be able to do these things or be able to do more. But because you suck and because you let yourself go, you can no longer do these things. So, you know, why are you even bothering? So then you let yourself go further because you've already, you've already ruined it. So you might as well just let yourself go further because there's just no point. So then you've gone down this rabbit hole and now you've gained 50 pounds and you're even more of a failure because you've really let yourself go. And now you have to start all over again. Now you're really screwed and now you've got to relearn everything that you, you know, and so it's, it's a rabbit hole and it sucks and it's mentally very frustrating because the, the disappointment is like through the roof at this point. So it's hard. Yeah. It's like those people that they eat a bad meal on Friday and instead of being like, okay, I'm going to eat this meal and then stop and then get back to my healthy habits, they're like, well, fuck it, I already ruined my diet. Just continue on to the rest of the yep. weekend. And then uh-huh. it gets to Sunday. And they're like, oh, I'll start on Sunday or Monday. And then it's just like, it's just a repetitive cycle of bullshit. Yep. And like I said, it's all that negative self-talk. Like, you're not deserving of health. You're not deserving of loving mm-hmm. yourself. So then you'll just keep, yep. keep, keep down this bad path and 
it's unfortunate a lot of people can't de- not derail themselves from doing that. Like they just keep doing that and keep doing it. And then they end up where they look in the mirror and they're like, fuck, what happened? Well, yeah. I'd have to make a, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. I, was I, just I, I had to make a choice on Friday. I was like, you know, because come on, my people, uh, sorry, a couple of my friends were hitting me up and, you know, they're like, hey, I, I know you're working out again, but I was seeing if you want to meet up with us or whatever. And, you know, a couple of my work buddies were like, hey, dude, we go, you know, we're hitting all the spots in Midtown. Come on. I'm like, I was like, nah, man, you know what? I'm good because what's going to happen is I'm going to have some beers with y'all. And then I'm going to, when I get home, I'm going to eat something that's not, you know, on my quote unquote diet, you know, or, you know, it's, I was like, man, I'm good. I'm just going to stay at home. And, you know, I, I enjoyed not doing shit, you know, don't get me wrong, but like, it would have been fun going out. But I was like, man, right now I just need to focus on getting yeah. healthy again. That is the hard part too, the social aspect of things. Like, especially, I don't want to say if you're not strong enough, but if you haven't gotten the habits down to like, no, okay. I can only have this, that, or the other, or when I go out, I can't overdo it. Cause I'm the same person. Like I love food. I -hmm. love eating. I love drinking. I love hanging out. I'm a very social person. So it's really hard for me to go into a social setting and hold back and like pull back on that because I, I love it so much. So I do, I, I have to be like you where I'm like, I just say no, because if I say no, it's safer that way until I have the willpower and the, and the tools in my belt to be able to restrict myself and hold back when I'm out and about that way, you know, but I have to be confident in myself to know that I can do that. So I completely understand that because I'm, I'm the same person in that sense. Yeah. Like, but I have to have that strong willpower to make it happen. Yeah, absolutely. Like we're fixing to go out of town in two weeks. And I was like, man, you know, I can, it's not the end of the world. I'm going to go to another city, enjoy a new city for a couple, three days or whatever it is. I can have fun up there for a little bit and come back and start, pick up right where I left off, you know? Yeah. But like, yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely like that. Like I enjoy all the things you just mentioned. And I, sometimes I just enjoy it way too much than like mm-hmm. the next person. But like, there's some people I can go out with and not drink a lot. And there's some people I go out with that, I don't know how much I'm going to drink. And that's yeah. that, well, that was the situation going to be on Friday. Like, I'm like, fuck, I'm going to, man, you know, I just had a really fucking good week. I'm not, I'm not going to get derailed this quick already. So I said, fuck it. Yeah. I don't blame you. Not at all. Not even a little. I have learned the one thing that I feel like I finally have a handle on that I didn't previously is I've learned to listen to how foods make my body feel. Because there's certain foods that I just don't feel good after eating, like that make me really bloated or make my tummy feel icky or that I just don't feel great after eating. So I I try to stay away from certain foods just because I don't feel like suffering the consequences later on. So I I kind of pick and choose what's most important to me now. Mm. So like when I go out to eat and so typically my main choices and foods will be like a very heavily protein based meal, which is like usually salmon, chicken, steak with like a vegetable, potato, salad, something like that. And then I love dessert. That will never change. <laughs> I love sweets. I don't, it'll never go away, but, um, typically I'll eat a really healthier meal. That's very protein packed. And then I'll splurge on dessert. 
So instead of because fried foods, my stomach does not like fried foods. I don't feel like suffering the rest of the day by eating like fried foods and things like that. Um, or dairy. I don't know. I won't eat a lot of cheese heavy meals because of that too. Um, so I, I've learned that to at least start listening to my body and it does help me, but there are some things that I will allow myself to eat just because it's just not worth plenty not, need, not eating because it's just so good. I need to learn. I need to learn your method because what do you call it? Like hot sauce for me? Like I'll start coughing as soon as I'm eating it, but I'll, but I'll put like a gallon of hot sauce on whatever I'm eating. And so it was like, she's like, dude, like I guarantee you in 10 seconds, your little bitch has going to be coughing in a second. And and no doubt. I'm like, I'm like, (laughs) yes. No, my husband's the same way. You men have no chill when it comes to things. He's like, he's the same exact way. Like, dude, slow down. He's like, no, it's good. I'm like, you're going to regret that in 10 minutes. He's like, no, it's fine. I'm like, okay. Even though we know we are. It's like we block <laughs> yeah. the we block it from the past experience because we're gonna relive yeah. the experience. I don't know, it's crazy, man. You need somebody to take it out of your hand. Yeah. Yeah, but the things <laughs> about like um unhealthy foods or whatever, the that part of it I see is like you know the time it takes to burn so many calories and then to scarf something down in less time than it takes to burn it off. It's, it's some sometimes doesn't seem worth uh, Oh good lord, yeah. The after effects. I see like memes yeah. all the time about like if you eat a McDonald's large French fry or whatever, what the bigger size is, the biggest size is, like it's like you have to do like 200 burpees or something like that God. to burn it off. I was like, damn. Well, not only that, but like with super processed foods, your body just doesn't like them the right way either. Like even if you can, let's say, burn it off, like your body just doesn't process them properly process them properly yeah it's just it's crazy and that's what i mean by like how my body feels my body definitely feels processed versus unprocessed foods differently you know it's funny me and jess have a running joke because we go out to eat you know almost every time we're together and we kind of pick restaurants based off what we both feel luckily we kind of both have the same idea of what type of foods we like there's a running joke that as long as the restaurant has salmon we'll go to it because i typically get salmon every time Everywhere we go eat, that's like my food of choice. It has that salmon. Luckily, pretty much every restaurant does their salmon differently. So it kind of, you know, they kind of have a different sauce on it or a different side or a different something. But it is a running joke. Salmon is kind of fresh. Exactly. It's my food of choice. So So what's y'all's relationship like? It's... I wish I would have had her in my life far sooner than I did. Um, She is the person I didn't know I needed, but I always needed in my life. We are encouraging, competitive, goofy, helpful, funny. I don't know. It's just everything. Like everything you can imagine a friendship would be is exactly what we are. And it's been wonderful, absolutely wonderful to have somebody. I wake up in the morning. She's the one I look forward to talking to. It's it's amazing. And I, I don't know if if y'all have got this off of. I actually train her. I'm pretty much her trainer. I give her her workout programming. How do you know um, that? Yeah. So I've I've kind of I'm self-taught, so I'm not actually like certified yet it is something that i really want to do 
I've always been scared too, though. Um, really stupidly, I've been scared too because of how my body looked. I know that's stupid, mm. but having been overweight and then having extra skin and then not really having a super muscular visible build for a very long time, I was not that I was scared of judgment, but you make money based off of how you look and how you, you know, how people perceive you. And I was always worried that that would affect how I would be viewed. So I kind of always just put it on the back burner. I was like, yeah, you know, it's always something I wanted to do, but, and also putting myself out there was really tough. Um, when you're overweight like that, it's, I've always been one who's kind of wanted to be put in the shadows because I didn't want anybody, I want to be seen. Actually making my Instagram that I have was really tough for me. Um, putting myself out there was really tough. Um, I was actually talked into by a couple people and they were like, yes, just do it. It's like, okay. And the reason I decided to was because I was actually, I was helped out a lot by seeing people on social media, put their stories out there. Um, the reason I made that was because I was about to have surgery and I was like, you know what? Um, people have helped me so much with having, you know, skin removal surgery by sharing their journey on TikTok and Instagram. And I want to be that person who can share mine and, you know, share the good, the bad and the ugly. And maybe I can help them out, even if it's just a little bit. So I'm, I was pretty new to social media when it came to that. And it was really hard for me to put myself out there like that because when you're overweight, it's really tough to take yourself out of a shadow and put yourself into the light because you don't want anybody looking at you because you're used to people not wanting people to look at you, you know? So um, I'm glad I made the Instagram though because that's how I met Jess. And if I wouldn't have, we wouldn't, we would have never met. So lost my train of thought. <laughs> I would say, I would say it's about the coaching thing or the trainer thing. Yes. It's personal training. But um, like, like people that teach us in school aren't the most successful people, but we still learn right. from them and we don't yeah. take like judgment and be like, Hey, you, you're not so successful. How are you going to teach me to do this? Just because you may yep. not look the part doesn't mean you don't have the knowledge. Absolutely. And I've learned that. I, I've come to terms with the fact that that's not the case, that my idea of why I didn't want to do it is not correct and not yeah. valid. Um, and putting myself, pulling myself out of the shadows has one really helped me realize that, okay, it's going to be okay. Like you, you can do this. And then also taking Jessica on and realize, realizing that my programming it, is helping her be really successful and where she's come. She's been, I've been training her for about a, about nine months, almost a year now. And I don't know if you saw her PRs this past week. I did. I did. Um, yeah. But I was like, uh, you're a fucking badass. Okay. But I, yeah, I've been giving her programming for about nine months. And to see her PR like that, I was like, all right, bitch. Like, <laughs> okay. And, I looked at her and I was like, okay, so I'm going to take a little bit of credit in that. Maybe not, not all of it because, <laughs> because you did that, you know, but I'm going to take a little bit of credit, <laughs> so, but to see her do that, I was like, okay, I, th I think I got this. I think, I think I ha I think I could, you know, and 
I know I'm good at teaching. I know I'm, I know I've been able to correct her form. I know I've been able to, she's been seeing videos all the time and I'm able to adjust things. Her form is wonderful. Like I, I know all of that, but I think seeing her this week and seeing her just completely crush it gave me the confidence to be like, I think I can do this. Now, don't you also think too, that a person coming from a state where somebody that's trying to get into fitness is also a good motivator for somebody because it's like that whole, I think it was named Drew Manning, the fit to fat guy. Oh yeah. Like Mm -hmm. he couldn't relate to a lot of his clients. And uh, I mean, technically he still probably can't because he was never large for like an extreme amount of time, Yeah, but somebody that was heavier and then they got in shape can talk to somebody easier because they've been there. Yes. Yes. But yeah. And I've been through it all. Like I, I've started from the beginning. I've, been heavier. I started from it all. I start. I taught myself how to lift. Yeah, I came from a CrossFit gym, but honestly, like, there wasn't a whole lot of coaching there. So I, I kind of picked up the barbell on my own to try to figure out what it is. Like I said, I'm ty- I'm a very Type A person. I like to know ins and outs of everything. I was the annoying kid in school that would ask the questions. Oh God! Ask the questions. Any questions? Yeah, yeah that that was me. I was like. Asking the, and they're like, shut up. And I'm like, I have to know. <laughs> but I was that kid, but I had to know everything. And that's that's been me now. Like, if I don't think something feels right when I'm lifting, I will go and I will look up, you know, sources online, you know, actual sources, not people on TikTok that don't know what they're talking about, and try to figure out why it feels wrong and what I need to do to fix it. And I've also been through six months of his or six, yeah, six months of physical therapy. And when I'm in the physical therapy office, luckily they were my friends. I knew them. So I, I would pick their brain while I was in there and be like, okay, why does this work this way? And they would explain it to me that way. And that was really helpful. Um, so I feel like I have a pretty good grasp on things. Um, I did, I did go to college for a little bit. I, you know, I took anatomy and physiology, I took nutrition, not enough to, you know, say that I'm certified in anything, but it was enough that I have a little bit of a background in things. But I don't know. I feel like it's eventually going to be something that I will pursue. Right now is not the time, but I'm I'm eager for it and I'm excited about it. And like I said, with, with just seeing just how much progress she's made, when she came to me, when we became friends, she had never picked up a barbell. Wow. And to see her progress, I'm just like you're amazing. And that's awesome. Granted her body and the way that she is, she's, she's just made for lifting. I've already told her, I'm like, girl, you were, you should have done that a long time ago. Cause you were made for it. But some people just have it, but it, it really is. It's been very amazing to watch her grow. And there's been a couple other people who I have trained over the years. It's just, nobody's ever stuck with it quite like she has. So to see her stick with it and actually excel the way that she has, has been, I think the, the factor that has made me realize, okay, this is, this is the path that I would love to take. And I would love to see people succeed this way. And yeah. So when you do get your sophistication, like it's going to be amazing for you also, because when people are like, oh, she's just somebody with an Instagram and like, no, 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 she's a coach for real. Look, she's has, she's credited by what is the big one that you're going to get? You said 
then ASM. Yeah. The national. Yeah. That's like the big, that's like the well-known mm-hmm. one, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like they just can't say, oh, she's just an like t- Instagram or a TikTok person. You actually have yeah. the uh, the back of these people, you know, mm-hmm. certification from them. Yeah. I don't know. I always say everybody learn from a novice. Everything we know, somebody wants to start tinkering around at something. So every exactly. every expert learned something that didn't know anything. Mm-hmm. And like I said, a lot of these certifications and stuff are just for money, which is a man-made yes. bullshit anyway. So, but I mean, if you have like true results of somebody doing something, that's amazing. And I guess yes. to get the recognition from the government or what have you, or the board or what have you, that's even better. But I think a lot of it is just like, so people know I'm accredited. Yeah. Like, like you, yeah, it, it's kind of like, cause I, you just know that somebody's going to come to you and be like, oh, well, you have a certification. Yeah, exactly. And then I can be like, yes, I do. Because you will get those people who are like, well, what do you have? What backup do you have? Well, I have this. Here you go. Because, yes, I have proof. And you're right. For me, if I were to go to somebody who's coaching, I would want to see proof. I wouldn't want to see credentials. Because credentials anybody can get. You can go to school and you can bullshit through school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would want to see proof. But for for me to have both, I think that that would be a little more beneficial. So is that like for those a, people who like a future next two years type goal? Probably. I think so. Yeah, I'm kind of want to let my husband finish school. I think, and then I think that that's something that I'm going to jump into. Yeah, I think that and, would uh, just add more another wrinkle to your resume. Yeah, you know, you like your absolutely. your journey of fitness. Hmm. I agree. So uh, I think it'll just be really fun too. Oh yeah, it would. What was the reason why you decided to get the skin removal surgery? Oh man. So I've actually I've wanted the skin removal surgery pretty much since I lost my weight. Um I knew very shortly, well, pretty much through as I was losing the weight that I was gonna have excess skin. Um and just if you're anybody who is losing weight or has to deal with that, you know, it's not going anywhere. Um, and throughout it all, it never went anywhere. It never changed. Even at my leanest, I still had it. Um, it was always, it was always there. Luckily, I am not somebody who had an extreme amount where, and by that, I mean, I didn't have the excessive amount on my back. I didn't have an excessive amount on my legs. I didn't have an excessive amount on my arms. A lot of it was on my torso in my abdomen area. So I was very fortunate in that way. Um, I do have extra skin in other places, but it's not enough that I'm like, I want to have skin removal surgery. I don't think it's worth it. And in my case, mm-hmm. some, some people's it is, but in my case, I don't think it's worth it. Um, but so I knew pretty early on again, we didn't have enough money back then. Skin removal surgery is very expensive. Um, and also, back then, when I first lost all my weight, I knew I was going to have another child. So I was not about to undergo any type of surgery um, before I had my children. Um, now, I did, well, back up a little bit. Um, in 2018, I had my first cosmetic reconstructive surgery. Um, I had a breast reduction in 20, I'm lying, it was not 2018. It was. 2000, 2006, I was a senior in high school. 
So I had a breast reduction then for medical reasons, obviously. When you're 18, why are you going to have, just because I was extremely large, they were hurting my back. So I had a breast um, What, what did I just say? Oh, my God. <laughs> no, you say you were talking about your first cosmetic surgery was uh, in high school when you had your breast reduction. Yes. Because my your reduction. back was hurting a yes. lot. <laughs> good grief. Y'all are going to get this from me a lot. I just go, woo. No, that's <laughs> good. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, get a, I had my breast reduction for medical reasons. Um, and then that was my first surgery I ever had. And then in 2015, so after my daughter, after my weight loss, after everything, in 2015, I actually had implants put in. I didn't want implants. I know that sounds crazy. I had a reduction, then I got implants. I went and I had a consult because when I had my reduction, they took too much tissue out. Mm. And they left me with divots in my breasts. I went to try to get them to correct it. And the only way at that time to correct it was to do implants because fat transfer, they were th- talking about fat transfer, fat transfer won't take, it wouldn't have taken very well because of how the divots were so, and I had missing tissue. So they said implants was the only way to go. So in 2015, I got implants. Um, I figured for me at that time, the implants were more important. Because that was something I was trying to correct that was already a problem, right? So I did that first. And I still, at that time, I did want the tummy tuck. I actually got a consult for the tummy tuck. But where we were, it was $8,000 where we lived. And we just couldn't afford it at the time. So we decided to wait. And then, and I also, at the time, I wanted to be more in shape, more at my, like, more comfortable weight and uh, make sure I could keep my weight off and at a steady weight for like two years. Cause my, my thing was, is I didn't want to undergo a huge expensive abdominal surgery without knowing that I was comfortable with the weight that I was, which is probably a smart move. Cause then I gained 50 pounds in 2018. So then we moved here and I um, lost all the weight again, and I was very comfortable. And then in 2021 was when I was like, okay, I'm I'm comfortable now. I'm good. Um, at that point, I had opened a business with a business partner, and it was doing really well. I was able to take off work. I was able to, you know, be good with where we were. And I started having consults, and I was like, okay, you know what? I'm happy with where we're at. Let's go ahead and do this. So January 2022 was when I had the surgery, and I, I went that route and I had a extended tummy tuck. Um, so it went almost all the way back around, like extended almost to my back, but not all the way around. Um, lipo 360. So they did lipo all the way around my ab. Well, the parts of your abdomen they can do when you're undergoing a tummy tuck because there's, it can't do so much lipo because it can affect healing. Um, they do your back up here underneath your arms they do that's it so your your trunk basically and then I did have a little bit of fat transfer into my hips and a little on my butt 
not very much, but he said that he wanted to contour shape my body to kind of make even me out. I have no hips at all. So he was like, let's go ahead and see. It's going to make you have a little bit more of a shape. I was like, okay, I wasn't going to do it. It was literally the day of surgery that I was like, okay, let's just go ahead and do this. Promise me you're not going to make me look fake because I do not want to look like I have anything that looks fake. He goes, no, I'm going to make you, I'm going to enhance what you have. That's what I'm going to do. I was like, okay, all right, I'll let you do it then. Do not make me look fake. I told him yeah. like four or five times. So anyways, he did that. Um, and then he actually did, he was like, well, we're in there. We can do fat transfer to your lips. And I was like, okay. Cause I always wanted like lip fillers and none of it took, by the way, it was a bunch of like discomfort for like three months and none of the lip trans like fat transfer took. So if anybody's looking to get fat transfer to your lips, don't do it. It doesn't, it doesn't work. Mm. It wasn't worth it because the thing with fat transfer is it doesn't take in a lot of places in your body. And even if you get it in your hips and your butt, only some of it takes, they like over inject it in the beginning. And then it go a lot of it goes away and it reabsorbs into your body. So, so crazy. You go through a lot of stuff for some of it to not to even take, but. So how long, how long was the recovery? Cause from everything you just told us that you just had done, how long was the recovery from all that Ugh. and how much pain was it? So, oh, and outside muscle repair, the muscle repair and the lipo are literally the worst part of it all. Um, I would say the muscle repair is worse because I did have a revision in September of 22 where I had a little more lipo done because I was uneven. I had, a, I had more bulk on my right side that he had to even out. And then he also had to pull me tighter on my right side because it was more bulky. And I did not have muscle repair on that surgery. I just had lipo. And oh man, the muscle repair is literally the most lengthy recovery ever. Trying to get back into working out was so hard. Um, so I would say the first week after that surgery was... Uh, I would say actually more like eight to 10 days was so tough. I was bed bound for probably the first eight to nine days, just getting up to do your normal, like walking. So you don't get blood clots type thing. Um, it was very uncomfortable. I would say definitely pain level 10 for periods of time. Stay, staying on top of your meds is like the most important thing ever. Because if you let your meds go, it just, it was no joke. Um, to be quite honest, like literally you have to have somebody there wiping you. Like I could not wipe myself. I could not change my clothes. I could not shower myself. I, I couldn't do anything. Couldn't get out of bed myself. Couldn't get in bed myself. It, it was tough. It was really tough. After about 10 days, I could go downstairs. I could move around a little more. Um, but even still, it was really uncomfortable. Like standing, you know, getting up and down from places was hard. You have to imagine not using your core for probably about two to three weeks, if not a little Jeez. longer. You kind of have to figure out how to kind of move. And even once you stand, can start using your core, it's excruciatingly painful. It, it was tough. Yeah, I've seen. Uh, do you know Poro? 
Oh. Uh, he's on uh, so. Instagram. We had him on here, actually. That's how I know of him. Oh. But he, uh, he had the skin removal surgery recently done, and he said it was, like, one of the most painful things he's ever experienced. Like, he even questioned if he wanted to continue on with life during that time. Oh, my gosh. That's how painful it was for him. I have heard for men it's a little it's a little more tough. Yeah. I've I've heard that because um, I ha- I do follow a couple men who've had skin removal surgery and I've heard that I've seen them like post about it and I've I not discrediting men but I think women are kind of built a little more for pain tolerance. We obviously have yeah. children. We have children, you know, so I think we're built a little differently for pain tolerance. But I've had two C sections too. And anybody who's thinking about skin removal, C-sections are nothing compared to skin removal surgery. Absolutely nothing. So as far as the surgery if you had, like the breast reduction, the implants, the skin removal, and what was the other one you said lipo. you had? Um, C-sections and yeah. lipo. Oh, pregnancy. So like as far as those four things, like which one from least to worst was the most painful Oh, the skin removal surgery with the muscle repair was absolutely the worst. Mm. I would say the second one. Oh, man. I would say my C-section, my revision, and my breast implants are probably pretty close to the same. Mm. And then my, my, my production was nothing. It was actually pretty simple. How long were you down for for that? The reduction? Yeah. So I was a senior in high school and I was back to school in less than a week. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was pretty easy. Um, I think it's because they cut more superficially. um, As opposed to like going into any muscle. Mm. So with implants, they actually separate your pec muscle and they go underneath your pec muscle. So implants are pretty uncomfortable. Yeah. For that reason. Um, same with C-sections. They actually cut into your muscle to reach your uterus. So, and then lipo is just uncomfortable because they take a freaking cannula and they, <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, go seen at some, you and they don't even care. I've seen some videos of that and it just looks brutal. Yeah. Like yeah. They look like they're just hatching somebody. That's what it feels like when you wake up too. It's, it's rough and it, it feels like burning. Like oh. it feels like you're burning from the inside out. It's all, it's not fun. So was the weight or not the weight? I'm sorry, but the skin like affecting your workouts? Cause I've heard that from some yes. people. Oh my gosh. I was actually, me and Jess were talking about this recently. Um, because I had, I had a moment while I was working out probably about a month ago and it was the most amazing moment. Um, but it would literally interrupt my workouts. First of all, the flapping skin is awful like you it it would just get in the way of everything imagine deadlift i mean just deadlifting with a flap of skin like in the way it was just not fun to begin with squatting with that in the way it it would just sit doing sit-ups with it in the way was annoying too i think mentally it was also more frustrating too knowing that there was nothing i could do in the gym to get rid of it yeah everything else was under my control you know i could eat right I could work out, I could build muscle, I could lose weight, but that I literally couldn't get rid of no matter which way I wanted, you know, no matter what I did, I couldn't get rid of it, 
which was super frustrating. I could be on point. I could do whatever I needed to do, but that wasn't going anywhere. And then to have it getting the way while I was working out was super frustrating. Running was literally the worst. I would go for a run and my leggings would be below it. And then it would just be moving up and down and you could feel it. And it was, it was, it was almost like weighing me down, almost like having a loose backpack on your front and just having the weight, like, you know, Mm. jump up and it's heavy, you know? Yeah. Um, I like to do Olympic lifts, which are like power clean snatches, things like that. And when you're doing Olympic lifts like that, you're jumping. So you're, you know, you're grabbing the weight and you're jumping to catch it. Your pants move when you're doing that, no matter how tight your leggings are, no matter what that is, my leggings would fall down all the time below it. And the same thing that happens when running, it would just get in the way and it would be heavy and would hurt and it would be uncomfortable. And I don't, y'all know what a Metcon is, like a metabolic conditioning training workout where it's a timed workout where you're doing different movements in for time. Mm. So I would do things like that where it would be a timed workout and I would have to have a barbell in my hands the entire time I'm doing this. And so like I would be doing back squats and I have to like push the bar over my head to then go into straight into power cleans. Well, you can't do that when your pants are falling off and your stomach is flapping out of your pants. You'd have to set the barbell down, pitch your pants, and then go back into picking the barbell back up. And that's the moment I was saying, like, I I did a movement like that, I think it was like three weeks ago. And I got on the phone with Jess and I was like, girl, I did this nine minute, as many reps as you can, Metcon. And I had the barbell on my hand the entire time and I didn't have to set the bitch down. Mm. And I, it felt so fucking good to not have my leggings smooth because my, my skin wasn't in the way. And I could just knock these 10 power cleans out straight into 10 back squats. And my fucking pants didn't move. And my skin wasn't in the way. And it was the most rewarding thing or even jump roping, things like that. It's so amazing to not have something hold you back from your, you know, your time PRs or your, you know, how, how far you can go into a squat, how, what your depth is or anything, you know? Yeah. It's, it's amazing. It really was affecting my day to day. And honestly, you know, it's affecting your day to day before you have skin removal, but you don't realize just how much it is until after you have the skin removed. Yeah. Cause I know a lot of people, they like try to say like the wear is a badge of armor, uh, honor, you know, they did this and they, but I guess it's just case by case it depends on what kind of emotional toll it's taken on you and physical yeah. toll too. Well, kind of like Poro, you know, he used to wear it. It's a badge of honor for him, he said. And like when he finally decided to have it done, you know, he was really conflicted. He said, because I read all these posts about it and stuff. He wasn't sure if people would be like the weight loss community was still accepting because he got it cut off or whatever. But, you know, you could say one day he woke up. He was like, you know what? I think I'm ready to have this removed. And he went for it and, you know, and he did it. Yeah. I mean, we still have badge of armor and she still have a scar. Yeah. I mean, I have stretch marks, you know, like there's still, you don't ever get rid of the remnants of what you did have. You know, there's always something there. It's, I'm never going to have the body that somebody has that never had weight on them. You know, mm-hmm. I, I have a scar that is very, very visible, you know, and Somebody who's never gained weight or had skin removal surgery just doesn't have that. That's a badge of honor, you know? 
Do you think that that surgery should be covered by insurance? Because I, I heard I heard it's not, and I thought I was blown it's, away, and it's not. So listen to this too. A lot of some surgeries, not all of them, are not surgeries. Some insurances, um, not all of them, but some will cover it as long, but not not what I've had, not as extensive. Mm-hmm. Some will cover. Do y'all know the difference between a paniculectomy and an abdominoplasty? No, but you're going to tell us. So a paniculectomy is, see, this is where type A is a great thing to have. <laughs> this is where raising your hand. <laughs> um, a paniculectomy is where they just cut off what's called a panis, which is the skin that hangs below your belly button. They cut just that off. That is what insurance will cover. Mm. What I had was called, is an abdominoplasty, where they take all of your skin above your belly button, they pull it all the way down, and they make you a new belly button. So that's an abdominoplasty. And typically an abdominoplasty will include muscle repair. So insurance does not cover muscle repair under any circumstance. They only cover the paniculectomy. And that's typically under cases um, if if you have a rash underneath your your panis. If you like are getting some sort of something happening down there. Or they'll also cover it if you've had weight loss surgery. Which makes no sense. So if you bust your ass and you work really, really hard, they won't cover it. Mm. Unless you have a medical reason, like a rash. That is so fucking stupid. I'm like, that makes no sense. So you're telling me I worked my ass off to lose 110 pounds, but you won't cover it because I didn't have weight loss surgery. But you'll cover the, what is it called? The lap band or whatever? Like, yeah, if, you, if you've had gastric, gastric sleeve, whatever it is, you'll go and pay for somebody to have gastric sleeve, gastric bypass, whatever that is. And then you'll pay for them to have a paniculectomy. I wonder okay. what the reason behind that is. I, I don't know. That's the great question. I haven't looked into it because um, there's no reason for me to, but... Yeah, it's super frustrating because I'm seeing it all over. Like, I've even had people comment on my posts and say, why didn't you have your insurance cover? And I'm like, because they won't. They're like, well, if, if, you have, if you've had a weight loss surgery, they will. I'm like, well, good thing. I, I mean, I didn't. Like, so they won't. So there's no reason for me to even try. Not only that, but honestly, to be honest, even if I didn't have or even if I did have weight loss surgery, I honestly wouldn't go to a doctor who accepted insurance. A lot of doctors that accept insurance, there's not a lot of doctors that are really trained in their field in plastic or cosmetic surgery that are really good at what they do that actually accept insurance. So, I mean, I'm not saying there aren't, but there's not a lot of them. So finding one that would accept insurance would be very few and far between. Mm. So, yes, and answering your question, though, I do think that it should be covered by insurance by good plastic surgeons yeah. that actually know what they're doing. I absolutely believe muscle repair should be covered for women who've had children. Like, we're supposed to keep the human, <laughs> we're supposed to keep, like, our species going. And then we have to ha- bear children. We have our muscles completely separated and torn apart. Which weight loss does, or weight gain does that as well. But, you know, there's also women who have, it's called diastasis recti, is what the name, actual name of it is. 
There are people who don't gain any weight who have that, who have to have muscle repair to fix that. And it gives you, if you have muscle separation, just from having children, you have a really, really weak core. And it's, if it's really separated, it's really hard to fix that on your own. So I do think it should be covered by insurance under certain circumstances. Did you ever consider the weight loss surgery? Was that never an option for you? I did at one point. Um, I kind of looked into it a little bit. I quickly decided it was not for me. Um, there was just a few things that I, I wasn't okay with. I don't want to be restricted on what kind of foods I can and can't eat. Mm-hmm. Um, I know with weight loss surgery, you still also have to correct yourself too. Um, meaning you have to kind of, you have to adjust a lot of things within your, your mental um, mindset on like how you, how you eat and what you eat and what you do and, and long-term goals, you know, and, I didn't want to be restricted on what I can and can't eat and then also have to fix all of that in order to be successful. I figured I wanted to try it on my own first before I even thought about that. Plus, I really like my hair and I didn't want to lose my hair. Oh, you lose your hair from the surgery? Sometimes. Yeah, a lot of people are very malnourished from it. And uh, just because you can't absorb the nutrients that you would naturally absorb. So... I mean, I know a lot of people personally who have had it done. And even back whenever I lost my weight, I knew a lot of people who had it done. And yeah, they, you lose a lot of your hair Mm. and just a lot of other things. There's a lot of side effects that you have from it. You can't drink beer. You can't drink sodas. You can't eat a lot of things. And I, I like food too much for that to be restricted on that kind of stuff. Like if I want to eat it, I want to eat it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So why can't you drink beer? Probably carbonated. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, too, is even with the sleeve, you can gain weight. It's only like, I think it's like one or two years of like a window where it you can stretch your stomach back out. Mm-hmm. If you eat things that you're not supposed to eat. And the problem is, is people go into it without correcting like the mental side of it. And then they aren't successful because they don't correct the mental side of it thinking, Oh, well, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna have this little bitty stomach forever. But then they start eating of things they shouldn't eat and they restretch their stomach back out. And then they start eating the way that they did before surgery. And that's what I was worried about because I knew that I hadn't done anything to, to fix mentally. So I didn't want to jump into a surgery and yeah. So I decided to try it on my own and I was successful at it. So, well, Yeah. Sort of success. Oh, he's successful. successful. Over time, it took me a while to be there, get Mm -hmm. there, but yeah. Can you speak on your mentality when you were younger to today? And what have you done to work on that? If anything. As far as? Like, uh, just, well, like you kind of mentioned how like some of those people will go backwards because they haven't fixed what's inside their head. That's getting them to that point to to stretch their stomach out after they went through this intense surgery. Mm-hmm. Like I always say, I, there's no point of working on your physical. If your mental is a mess, right? Because I think you're just going to go back to your habits that you always known. Right. So I think a lot of, for me, when I started losing weight, for me, a lot of it was the way I looked physically. Like it, it very, I mean, I was in my early twenties. You know, back then it's very much, I didn't want to be fat. 
I didn't want to look like what I did. I didn't like the way my body looked. I wanted to be cute. I wanted to look a certain way. I wanted to fit in certain clothes. I wanted to be a certain way. So for me, it was that at first. And I know back then it was, it was very much physically driven. Then it was mentally driven. Um, and then it became mentally. Um, I, I'm a very determined person and I know I have that going for me. Not everybody is, but when I set my mind to something, I kind of, I kind of stay hyper-focused on something. So for me, it's a little easier in that sense that I can stay hyper-focused on something that I get determined and driven on something that I'm going to do it. Now, that's not to say that whenever I, I get, I kind of steer off as we've, as I've told you with my journey, I can kind of steer off and I can say, oh shit, I kind of got off track. So we're going to have to reel that back in. So my mentality back then was very not the way that it should have been. That's, I think that's why I was so unsuccessful in keeping the weight off because I was so focused on how I looked and not focused on fixing what was up in here, you know? And that's why I am glad that I didn't go through with the weight loss surgery because I don't think it would have been successful for me because I didn't fix, I didn't fix what needed to be fixed. I was just focused on lowering my, my calories, working out to get the weight off, you know, doing what I needed to do to stay hyper-focused, to look a certain way. Because unfortunately back in 2008 or 2010, that's what it was. It was, let's be this certain body. You know, let's be this cardio body with no fat on you. And that's what it was. Well, as time got on and now I know and I've learned that's not what it is. It's about what's up in here. It's about not looking a certain way and actually being comfortable and happy with where you are. I'm not so focused on what this looks like. I'm more focused on how I feel, how I perform. And really wrapping my head, you know, like you said, mentally, I worked on mental this time when, you know, in 2019, whenever I, I started this again, I really worked on mentally. It went a lot slower because I worked mentally on really wrapping my head around it. Okay. What is most important to me? What's most important to me is being strong, being healthy, being actually, I, I have two children. I have a, four, a 10 and a 14 year old. I wanted to be, I want to be a good role model for them to show them because I didn't have that. I didn't have that as far as the fitness and, um, nutrition growing up, you know, teaching them, okay, we need to eat this to fuel our body. You know, this is what's going to help us live on a day-to-day basis. I didn't have that growing up. I just had a, okay, there's little Debbie snacks in the, in the pantry. You can go grab one, you know? And so I'm trying to teach my kids really good examples of food as fuel. It's not necessarily for an emotional support system because that's always what I've used food for is emotional support system. And so mentally wrapping my head around that in the sense that food is, food is not what I've ever thought it is, is, is what I've learned. And kind of disconnecting with. I eat more for fuel now than I eat for this tastes good. Not to say that I don't eat for this tastes good because I do. But 
like I told like I told you is is more like okay how is this going to make me feel is it worth it making me feel this way and also working out there's days I don't want to go work out I'm like I don't want to do this I even told Jess this morning I'm like when I don't want to go do we have to go work out after this <laughs> <laughs> there are times I do that and but then I'm thinking to myself okay wait a minute I'm gonna feel so good after I do it though it's going to give me, you know, it's going to increase my endorphins. I'm going to feel so amazing. Like, so I should just do it. I'm just going to push myself. We're just going to go, you know? And that's what it is. It's not about motivation sometimes. It's about really just keeping what you're doing going because it's so, it's just really good for your body. And it's about the long haul. It's about, okay, and when I'm 50 years old, my bones are going to be really strong because I have muscle supporting them. Yeah. And that's kind of what it is for me now. Yeah. Discipline is greater than motivation. Like motivation can get you started or have the spark of like feeling great. But there's the discipline is what gets you to the journey. It gets you to the destination. It keeps you going because anybody can be motivated. And I've also learned not to let my, let my body, the way that I, it looks affect anything because there's days that I'm like bloated worse than others. There's days that I, I feel like I've gained weight, but I really, you know, really haven't. Or there's days that whatever the situation might be like visually, I have learned not to let any of that affect me because if I do, you can fall off the wagon so easily. Mm-hmm. Like if I were to look at my body every day and go, ew, like I look really gross today and then go and be like, okay, well my body looks gross. I'm going to just go eat whatever the hell I want to, because my body looks really bad. I would get trapped in the cycle of just being like, well, Whatever it is, what it is, let's just not go to the gym today. Let's just eat whatever the hell we want because I look chunky, Yeah, you know, or, you know, and that's what I used to do. And I'm not about that anymore. It's about, okay, it doesn't matter what we physically look like. It's about how we're, what's the, what's the long, what's the long haul here? The long haul is way more than, okay, I'm, I'm 34 years old. This is how I'm, you know, how it is today. How are we going to be when we're, you know, like I just said, 50. Yeah. We want to be 50 and feeling good is what we want to be. Yeah. You don't want that little bit of mouth pleasure to satisfy current you, but it's going to be detrimental to future you. Exactly. Because everything we do sets us up for our future, good or bad. Mm-hmm. It's true. And not to say that we shouldn't enjoy ourselves because we absolutely should. I mean, I like to have a drink. I like to eat. I like to do all those things, but there's, there's definitely a moderation that we have to figure out for ourselves that isn't going to be detrimental to our day-to-day or our future you, you yeah. know, future selves. Yeah, because like I said, there's a lot of people that will, they don't just live in the moment all the time. And mm-hmm. I mean, nothing's guaranteed, so it's good to live sometimes in that moment, but you have to lo- live like there's a tomorrow too. Absolutely. Got a plan. I agree. So what was your mental space like, like when you were a teenager? Oh man, I'm trying to think back that far. <laughs> I feel like it goes away after a certain point, right? Yeah. Cause you said you were, you were heavier in high school. I was, we, I moved around, um, growing up. I was actually, I went to two different high schools. Mm. So I really didn't like stay 
steady somewhere. I honestly, I, like I said, I stayed in the shadows when I was like heavier. And so I kind of, I try to stay away from people. I kind of stayed out of like the people's eyes. So I didn't get, I really don't remember any bullying or anything, but I think that's because I stayed away from like any type. I kept myself away from that because I knew that if I put myself out there, I would be subject to that. So you were shielding yourself. So I know there's some people that will be obnoxious and loud, especially if they're a bigger person, because they want to be the joke before somebody else makes a joke about them. Mm-hmm. No, I was definitely opposite from that. And I don't think that's good either. Yeah, I I could see how that would be the case for some people. I've actually known people like that. I hung out with like the less popular crowd purposefully to stay out of people's view. Just yeah. I didn't really go to many functions. I did go to prom and things like that, but even still, I kind of just stayed in the shadows, you know? Luckily, I met my husband my senior year, and he was out of high school. Um, so I would really just go hang out with him more so than anything. And we would just go, like, hang out at his apartment. We would go and just, you know, shoot the shit. So I really don't – I didn't really have much of, like, a – I don't really say I didn't have much of a high school experience because I did, like, do things. But it wasn't really, like – I don't know. I stayed in the shadows. That's really what I remember of high school because it was easier that way. Less judgment. So did you do any type of counseling or therapy or how did you kind of fix your mindset? Myself. <laughs> no, no, I didn't do any. No, probably should have. I don't think it's necessary for everybody. I think some people definitely need, especially if you're not focused enough to do it on your own. There's some people yeah. that they need structure. They, they can't find it internally. Yeah. I'm a very structured person, so I think I was able to kind of figure it out on my own. Yeah. It, it took a little bit, but I think I was able to kind of navigate it and, like, hone it in on myself by myself. It did take a while, but I was able to kind of figure it out. Um, but, yeah, I would say the, the attempts that I've had at, like, figuring out my nutrition, my my mentality, everything. I don't think I really had a full and solid handle on it until, until we moved here until 2019, until my third attempt at like real solid weight loss. You know, do you think the environment was part of it too? Because there's more stuff to do outside possibly. You know, that is possible. That That is possible. I could see how that would be the case. Yeah. Cause you want to always hear like, in cities where, or states where there's more outdoor activities, people are generally healthier than like a... I could see that because I, I kind of avoided being outside in Texas and Louisiana because it was so hot and just like mm. the bugs and the... the yeah. ugh. I was yeah. like, I don't like this, you know? It's just gross. But also, I think I kind of... Whenever I, whenever I gained weight that second time, I was just kind of like at my wit's end. You know what I mean? It was kind of at a point where it's like, okay, what have I done wrong these past two times where I just need to, like, figure this shit out? Like, this is annoying. And like I told you, whenever I was in that CrossFit gym, I had already kind of figured out that, like, weight wasn't a thing. So I had already kind of pinpointed the the issue that had happened before. So whenever I lost it this last time, it was kind of fine-tuning and kind of honing in on the, the important 
rest of it. And luckily that was at the perfect timing that like diet culture became toxic. Do you remember when like that became like this big thing um, nationwide, like where diet culture became like this big problem in, in the world, like everybody started talking about how everybody needed to start eating more calories because diet culture was telling us to stop, you know? So luckily everything, I think it was just like the perfect, everything was perfect. Whenever I went to go lose weight the last time, like everything was just, you know, you're right. Outdoorsy being up here. I really wanted to hike. I, I'm the kind of person who, when I move to a new place, I kind of try to make the best of it because I don't know how long I'm going to be there. Um, so yeah, it it was kind of just the perfect storm of, I guess not really the perfect storm, but yeah, the perfect storm in the right way. So. Do you think like age and maturity probably played a factor too? Absolutely. Yeah. I do think so. Because once you get older, you, like I said, you don't really think, you don't really care so much about what other people think. Yeah. Or about like the physical aspect of things. Whereas in my 20s, I was more focused on that than anything. Hmm. I would imagine having kids probably plays a factor into that too absolutely because like and you want to be there for them and you, like you said you want to be a good example was your family well, and my overweight? daughter being older too was your family overweight when you're growing up my mom battled a lot with yo-yo dieting up and down and yes and my dad my dad was military so whenever he was in the service he wasn't so much mm-hmm. because you can't be yeah but when he got out he did struggle with his weight and so does. Yeah, I think because like we're a product of our environment. So if you're seeing that on a daily, mm-hmm. you're going to think it's normal or that's just the way it's always supposed to be. And so yep. some people, maybe they might have different genetics than their parents, so they may not gain the weight. But then some people may have like maybe not as high metabolism. And so, like, Absolutely. you know, it'll, ch- it'll be different for them. Well, in women, it's hard, too, because we have hormones that are working against us on a constant state. Like. I've actually been struggling with my own hormones for the last year and a half, um, working with a naturopath, trying to figure all that out. That's a whole nother story, but, um, I'm, I don't know how long that's been going on, but it, I just now have been starting to be more aware of how my body's feeling. And I went and had my hormones tested and they're way off. Like, so I'm trying to balance those out and figure out how to do that. Um, that's a whole nother ball game, but us women have unfortunately that working against us where if we have our hormones that are a little off, it can unfortunately cause us to gain unnecessary weight Mm -hmm. or our metabolism is screwed up because of it. And like in my case, I have low testosterone, which also can affect how much muscle I build, which fucking sucks. You know, you work your ass off and it can be completely affected by one hormone in my body that just doesn't want to work. So it's a little frustrating, but it's just the, it's the reality behind it, you know? So what advice would you have for somebody that's trying to get to a point where they're going to the gym and being a healthier lifestyle? Like say they've tried it, they've tried it before and they just, it's never worked. And this is a time that they want to be successful at it probably to not give up because honestly usually when it's not successful it's because you're not giving it a chance 
because I've been there mm-hmm. and I know um, it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen in a month. It doesn't even sometimes happen in two months. I mean, for me, honestly, the past, even the past three years, four years, it's 2023. I've been lifting for four years steadily. Um, and my lifting journey has been up and down. Um, I started in 2019 kind of knowing what form looks like, but because I had lost most of my muscle, I had to start from the very beginning. And I've recently shared some videos on my story on Instagram. I don't know if y'all saw them, but my form was rough when I started back up in 2019. And I had to build back up from the very beginning. And then even when I thought I had it, I started uh, about six months later. I realized I was dealing with something that I needed to back up off the weight and try to correct my form again. There was something happening with my hips. And so I had to pretty much start over again. And it's like, there's just so much patience involved and it could could happen the same with running or cardio or whatever. You could have something that sets you back a little bit or something that you have to correct or something that, you know what I mean? It's just, it's all about patience and not giving up on yourself because even if you don't feel like you're progressing, you are progressing. If you're showing up every day, you are progressing mentally, physically, whatever that situation might be, you're progressing. There's some sort of something that is happening to you internally, externally, whatever that situation might be. There is progress that is happening, even if it feels slow. I mean, I actually went through this myself. I went, I went through it all um, this past week when I saw Jess. Like I said, we've already talked about Jess. I saw her PR, heavier PRs than I've ever fucking PR'd. And I'm like, bitch, I've been working out for way longer than you. Why the fuck are you PRing heavier than me? You know, I always compete with myself. So I'm not mad at her and I'm not like comparing myself to her. But it is like, what the fuck have I been doing, you know? But again, like I told you just now, I have a testosterone issue. I can't compare myself to her because I have something happening internally to me that she might not be having happened to her. Also, the last four years that I've been lifting, I've been to PT for hip issues Mm -hmm. that I've had to correct and I had to back off on all my weight. Therefore, I have had to figure out all of my form stuff that she never had to figure out because I started her from the beginning because I trained her and I told her how to correct her form that I had to figure out by myself on my own. Plus, this last year, I had two surgeries. She did too, but I had two surgeries and then I also... um, I didn't work out from October to January because I was dealing with some personal stuff. Shit happens, you know? And you can't be mad at yourself when something like that happens. You just roll with it. You deal with it. And when I say I didn't work out, I didn't lift. I was walking and I was exercising daily. It was just, it looked different. You have to listen to your body, you know? And you have to give yourself grace. You have to compete with yourself and only you. And yeah, you can look at your friend and be like, okay, why, why am I not, why is that not happening for me? But you never compare yourself to your friend. You keep pushing, you keep doing. And like I said, you can kind of analyze it and try to figure it out. Like I said, I've already analyzed it for me. And I, I know why my progress doesn't look like that. And that's okay. But you keep going. You do not stop showing up for yourself because eventually your numbers will look like that. Eventually that progress will show. Yeah. Everybody has a different timetable. Not everybody's yeah. on the same scope. So exactly. Like, and there's no end to this. Yeah. There's no end. And I think a lot Constantly of people. Constantly changing journey. 
Yeah, a lot of people right. wanted like a quick fix. They wanted to be what they see on um, Instagram yes. or TikTok, you know, and it's like that's not life. That's somebody's highlight reel. That's that's years of doing something or, you know, you never know what it took to that person to get to where they're at. And like people with Absolutely. weight gain, it's not you're not going to gain 50, 60 pounds overnight. Nope. And you're not going to lose it overnight. So it's just going to take time. And it's just like you said, patience. I mean, time is the most important thing that we have. And most of us want to rush it. Absolutely. I mean, we can't get it back. So why would you want to rush it? And also put the scale down. People who weigh themselves every day, I'm like, come on now. You could be bloated. Like, what did you eat yesterday? Stop yeah. weighing yourself every day. Don't do that. Because then you're just going to get in your head. Like, Okay, you weigh yourself periodically, that's fine. Like, just kind of see where you're at. But weighing yourself every day, unless you're mentally okay with knowing that the weight will change daily and fluctuate. But I I honestly don't weigh myself anymore just because I know personally there's just no purpose in it. Yeah. Because I, I know that I could have bloat from whatever the situation might be. I mean, the scale measure, measures how much shit's in your body. Why the heck why, why would you measure that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where you should just go by how your clothes feel and how you feel. Mm-hmm. Yep. And give yourself grace. If your clothes feel a little tight, okay, something could be happening. You know what I mean? Like, if your clothes feel tight for like a week straight, there could be there could be a problem. Maybe yeah. then reel it back in. What's happening? You know? But you're not going to gain five pounds overnight. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. It's completely impossible. That does not happen. So. Yeah, I think people need to be more loving of themselves i think that's the problem too i think a lot of people don't love themselves enough either like i saw I this thing one day it's like can you how can you love somebody if you can't even look in the mirror and tell yourself i love you and there's it, so many people that, that they don't they don't have like that love and i don't know if they didn't get it from outside forces or what but i don't know I, there's something that needs to be done been that person I, I have been that person to not love myself um I think part of it is, is wanting to do better. Mm. Like, how can you love yourself if you just want to be better? Like, I think that that, and, and that's not true. You can love who you are and still want to be better. But I have been that person who mentally, I can't wrap my head around. How do I love who I am? If, if I just feel like I'm, I'm not good enough. If I, if, how can I love this if I if I want to love another version of me? Yeah. But those don't have to be separate. You can, you can love you, but also want to be a better version of you. Yeah, like I always say, I'm happy, but I'm not content. I like it. Because, you know, there's, there's obviously you should be glad that you woke up today. That's the best gift we're given every fucking day. Because it's not guaranteed. Exactly. And to want the basic necessities like food, water, shelter. That's great. I think we should all want that. That's basic human needs. I don't see why anybody doesn't have that. But in the current society we have, if you have it, you're doing better than most people. Yep. But to be just content with that, to me, that's not my idea of what my, I want my life to be. And that may not be for everybody. But I just know that there's certain things I want out of life. I want more out of life. Just to even see and do things. It doesn't have to be financial. Yep. But just the experiences, you know. Because I always say, I think we're designed more than to do like this bullshit eight to five, 40 hours a week, sitting in a cubicle somewhere. 
making somebody else's dreams happen and not our own. Mm-hmm. I but, agree. Yeah, it's. I, I'm glad that you know you got to that space where you were able to love yourself because, like I said, a lot of people don't. Mm-hmm. It's very unfortunate because, like, when I saw this thing was. Uh, it's that Neil DeTice Gross, or however you say his last name, but he was talking about how, like, uh, there's more people that were never born or will never be born versus people that are born. Mm-hmm. And for us to have this opportunity that somebody will never have or future people won't have, it's like, don't squander it. Like, yep. Do something with this time. Like, and, and you did that. You chose to not feel sorry for yourself and say, I want to change my life. I want to have a different trajectory in my life. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it's about. And how important is it having Jess as like an accountability buddy? Oh man. I'm telling you, it's, we've told each other so many times we wish we had each other sooner. Like I feel, granted, I'm, I'm literally the kind of person who believes that everything in life happens for a reason. And you are the person that you are because of the way your life happens. Even the bad times, even the rough times, even the stressful times in your life, they're there for a reason to teach you something. And so I know that she came into my life at the right time for the right reasons. But I'm like, damn, if you were in my life sooner, I feel like we would be some badass bitches. (laughs) Like even more than we already (laughs) are, you know? (laughs) But uh, absolutely having her as an accountability partner is so helpful because there is, there have been, I've gone through a lot of stress from like October to January, like more so than I ever have in my life. And it's been a lot. And, um, I had a, like a little mini revision in January. And so I had to take off like four weeks and, um, I told her, I was like, okay, February 15th, I'm going to start lifting again. And of course, February 15th rolls around and I'm like, fuck, I don't want to. And she's like, no, you have to. I'm like, I'll just go for a walk. She goes, no. She goes, you're going to go get in your garage and you're going to go lift. And if your lifting looks different, even if it's just like lighter weights, you're going to fucking lift. And I was like, I'm going to go for a walk. And she goes, no, you're not. I was like, okay, fine. I was like, all right. So I went out there and I did it. And I felt so good afterwards. I was like, okay, no, I surprised myself. I felt really good. And she goes, see? See, I was like, okay, I know, I know, because that's what I was doing. I was just walking every day or like doing something, you know, very low impact. I was still moving because I, I do enjoy moving my body no matter what it is. But um, and then it just took off. That was the same week that I had the, the thing where I was like, okay, the skin wasn't in the way. You know, that was that week. And I messaged her. She goes, I told you. She goes, see, if you wouldn't have worked out this week, you wouldn't have had that experience. I was like, shut up. <laughs> So we like shoot the shit with each other all the time too. She's, we're just very sarcastic and also somewhat bitchy to each other. It's just funny. But having her, like, we both hold each other like super accountable, which mm-hmm. is amazing because yeah. we tell each other we can, you know, she'll send me videos and I'm like, bitch, you can go heavier, go heavier, put more weight on that bar, you know, having each other to hold each other accountable to know, okay, don't sell yourself short. Or like even yesterday, we worked out day before yesterday. She likes lifting. She doesn't like cardio. She doesn't like jump roping. She doesn't like any of that, um, which I don't blame her. I don't love that either, but it's so good for you. <laughs> so I've been 
I changed her programming a little and she hates me for it, but she's going to love me later on when she sees the, <laughs> the long-term and you know, effects of it. Um, but she did her first Metcon in her programming and I was there doing it with her and she was fuck youing the entire time I was, she was doing it. And I was like, <laughs> I'm used to it by now. <laughs> and, um, she got done with it and she, or she got done and she goes, I don't want to do this anymore. We're, we can change this. I was like, Nope, you're going to do this. And I got online and now uh, she didn't like the jump ropes at the gym, which I don't blame her because they fucking sucked. And, um, she, she doesn't jumping jacks suck worse than jump roping for me personally. And a jump, a good jump rope makes all the difference. So if y'all ever jump rope, a good jump rope makes all the difference. So I bought her a jump rope and she goes, okay, so now every time I look at this fucking jump rope, I'm going to hate this jump rope. And I was like, it's okay. It's going to be pink and you're going to love it. And she goes, now you're going to hate me, make, make me hate pink. And I was like, it's fine. <laughs> so I ordered her a jump rope. So now she's going to have to jump rope when she does these metcons because but anyways, that's the kind of friends we are where, where I'm like, I'm going to make you do these hard things that you don't want to do. And she does the same for me. So that's awesome. Yeah. I yeah. mean, we do shit every single day. We don't want to fucking do that doesn't yeah. benefit our life. Like as far exactly. as our health generally. So it's like the hour is going to pass regardless. So you might as well do something. And then if you have somebody that's telling you to do it and they're coming from a place of love, that's even better. Mm-hmm. Cause a lot of people don't yep. have that. Exactly. And she's like her, 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 her phrase all the time to me, because, you know, when you have a trainer, you have somebody who's like making you do things you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. She's always like, well, how is this going to benefit me in my everyday life? I'm like, okay, seriously. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, jump roping helps your cardiovascular health, which means if you have somebody chasing after you, <laughs> you can run faster. <laughs> and she's like, I'm never going to have to run from somebody. I'm like, you never know. She's Some like, if somebody's running after there. me. <laughs> Like, shut up. Just shut up. Just take it for what it is. <laughs> yeah. No, that's awesome. I think that's yeah. really, I wish more people had that. I, I do too. And like I said, I wish I would have had that sooner in my life. I feel like um, every friend that I've had before her has been so to- toxic. Mm. Um, I've encountered a lot of jealous friends in my life, and I don't know why. Um, it's been very unfortunate, though. Um. And I don't always realize it. I've always had other people point it out to me. And usually it's my husband who's like, that's, you need to let that person go. And I'm like, but I'm, I'm a benefit of the doubter. I'm the kind of person who's like, but, but they haven't given me a reason to not be friends with them, but they're this way, but they're, you know what I mean? Until it gets really bad, you know, because I like to see the good in people. Yeah. I don't like to assume that somebody has got bad intentions. Are they like a lot of Klingons or like a, how are they toxic? No, not necessarily Klingons. Um, so I've got, I've had people just put me down over and over again in a very understated way. Mm-hmm. Not that I don't really catch on to, but I kind of turn it around in a way that's like, oh, well, they're just honest with me. And then it's like, okay. Yeah, they're honest, but there's a point that honesty is like kind of just demeaning. You know what I mean? And then you, I've had other friends that like don't say things to me and then they just like the the things that they do. Like, OK, for example, I've had a friend who I've sent 
a video to them when I'm like in the peak of like trying to improve myself and like started lifting and whatever. And I sent her a video of somebody who was like super inspiring and like she had a lot of muscles and like was super. I I looked up to this person. I will never look at somebody else's videos and be like, I want to be her because mm. I know that that's that's not reasonable. You know what I mean? But I can look up to look at somebody and be like, damn, that's inspiring. That's amazing. Like, look at this bitch. Like, that's amazing. And I sent it to her. She goes, that's gross. Mm. And I was like, what? And she goes, she looks like a man. That's disgusting. I'm like, no, that's amazing. Like I, that's inspiring. I look up to her. She goes, I hope you never look like that. That's disgusting. I'm like, okay, where is this coming from? Like, why would you, why would you say that? Like, I'm literally telling you that that's inspiring to me. Like, I wouldn't mind looking like that. And you're basically like demeaning me for feeling that way. Like that's, it's kind of messed up. And then there were just other things that came after that situation that were very, very similar. Mm -hmm. Um, and it made me realize that she just wasn't in the same wavelength that I was, you know what I mean? And it's just like, okay. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but like, just be careful about what you say to people, you know? So did y'all just outgrow each other or did you actually have a conversation where you're like, Hey, I cannot talk to you anymore. Or you just, just kind of just dissipated on its own. We kind of had a moment where the the jealousy came out when I told her I was going to start a business. Mm. And she basically told me that I was making a, a decision that could have been detrimental because I was taking a jump into something that was not safe. So do you think that's one of those things where it's making her look at her life and realize that she's not taking risks and it's not something that she wants somebody to be above her? I had a couple friends. I or I had a really good friend of mine who's actually older than me. She's 50. Mm-hmm. And I, I love people who I love having friends who are a little older than me because I feel like they're wiser and they can really kind of put a little bit of perspective into me. And she, that's exactly what she told me actually. Yeah. She goes, I wonder if she's just not happy with her life. And, um, she, she was just trying to keep you where you're at because she wanted you to stay at her level. Yeah. It's a crab in a um, bucket. Yeah. They and I was like, down. well, I mean, even still, like my thing is, I mean, she even brought up some like things like, well, what about taxes and what about this? I'm like, well, first of all, that's not your business. <laughs> like, and also, if you know me, you know, I'm very type A and I've already thought through all of this stuff. Yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. she was a friend of 14 years. Like, you you know me by now. You know that I've thought through everything. And even if it is risky, it's not like I can't jump back into what I did, which actually I'm not in that business anymore. And look what I'm doing. I'm doing the exact same that I same thing that I did before I started my business. <laughs> like, it's not like it was that big of a deal. And honestly, that business, yeah, it's not a thing anymore, but it was very successful, extremely successful. And I was able to afford my surgery from it. Like there were a lot of good things that came out of that, you know, and I got Jess from it because if I wouldn't have had my surgery, I wouldn't have gotten Jess, Yeah. you know? So there are things in your life that happen for a reason. And I'm very grateful about the trajectory of my life, even though it didn't work out the way that it was supposed to work out. Well, even if it didn't work out, you don't have the regret of wondering what if. No, I don't have the regret at all. I actually had, I learned a lot from it. You know what I mean? I learned what I'm capable of. I learned just how, I learned just how capable of it I was. Like, 
I'm more confident in myself than I ever have been. Yeah, I remember seeing something one time was like, people want you to do well, but not better than them. Mm. So they want Mm, you just to be good enough. Yes, I love it. Actually, all the memes y'all share, all those little quotes, I'm like, these are on fire. I'm like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it's, it's sad how some people project their bullshit on other people. Yeah. You should only want the best for your friends. You should never want your friends to be stagnant. Absolutely. That's the way I feel. I'm like, I love seeing people succeed. You know, it may not. Yeah. Okay. In your mind, you'd be like, damn, I wish I was like out there doing the thing, you know, like there have been some times in my life. I'm like kind of stagnant where I'm at. And I'm like, yeah, I wish I was doing that shit, but I'm never like not happy for them. Yeah. Like like seeing your friends do well should motivate you to want to do well. That's it. Like, even when I kind of look back and I'm always like, because I've I've actually had friends who've like kind of, I actually had one of my friends tell me that my fitness and health journey was toxic to her self-esteem. Wow. And I was like, Jesus, that's not a friend, first of all. Well, I learned real quick. that that's not a friend. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, she's no longer in my life for that reason. Not that reason, but a lot more reasons. Anyways. Um, learned out real quick. She or learned real quick. She's a narcissist. So, mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm just like, even at my heaviest, even when I was most unhappy with my body, I never looked at somebody else who was on their journey and was like, <clears throat> I'm not happy for you. You are toxic. Yeah. I would always look at them and be like, damn, you're doing the damn thing. Like, do I wish I was where you're at? Yeah. Like, I wish I could do that. I wish I was in that place. Like, that would be amazing if I, if I at this moment had that motivation and drive to do what you're doing, mm. but right now I'm not there, but am I happy for you? Fuck. Yeah. I'm happy for you. Like keep doing it. Yeah. I remember seeing, um, well, one of my friends told me that when they were losing weight, somebody told them, they're like, we like when you're heavier, you're funnier. And it's like that. What the, how much sense does that fucking make? What was uh, the correlation between heavier and funnier? Like you can laugh at them. You can make jokes about them. Mm. And is that what you enjoy? And then other people That's will be so like, shitty. we love you when you're bigger. No, you don't. You don't want, if your friend is going through health problems or their body is carrying around a lot of unfunctional weight, that's not good for them. That's not good for their no. longevity. So how are you a true friend if you love them that way? Right. That makes no sense. Or like people who say, you've changed now that you've lost weight. Well, no shit. I'm happier. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do you think about the whole, how do you feel about the whole body positivity movement? It's not good. I didn't ask you. I asked her. I know, but she, she was pausing. Yes, sir. Okay. Let's go back to the, I do believe everybody should love their self where they're at. Mm -hmm. I'm going to start off by saying that. No matter if you need to improve, you should love yourself. 100%. But I don't believe that that gives you an excuse to love yourself and stay stagnant and be fat and happy. Mm. Meaning, I don't know. I just, I can't get behind it in its fullest because I feel like it's giving people an excuse to be unhealthy. Yeah. Yeah, because there's some people that are skinny and unhealthy, and there's some people that are bigger and maybe not like m- they may be morbidly obese, like on the 
scale or whatever, but their vitals are good or what have you. But right. I don't think I don't I, think that's good over long term, though. Right. A hundred percent. I. I think body positivity makes sense in the sense that you should love yourself and the body that you're in. Mm hmm. I think that people have taken it too far. Yeah. That's the problem. I think it's misunderstood. I think it's misguided. I think it's putting a bad example out there for like, especially like, so when people look up, like some young girls look up to Lizzo or something like that. I'm just using her because that's the first one that created in my head. Like, you know, she's a bigger lady and she's telling these young kids it's okay to be big, but she's not telling them it's okay to, if you love yourself, but, you know, also re reel it in. I, I also think that there are people who are bigger, who are doing everything they can to lose weight mm -hmm. and eat healthy and work out. I, I mean, I've seen Lizzo do it, and I don't know what – we don't know what people are doing behind the scenes to lose weight, to be healthy, to do this. I've, I've actually and, – and they could have some sort of – I've known people who've struggled with PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome. It's, a, it's an actual, like, hormonal disorder that prevents people from actually losing physical body weight. But they're doing everything they can physically, you know, to lose weight. They just can't lose it. So that's why I think body positivity is misguided in the sense that, yes, you shouldn't look at somebody and judge them based off their body. Mm -hmm. You should. You should love yourself in the body that you're in, but it shouldn't be an excuse to be overweight and unhealthy. Yeah. You should always be doing something to improve who you are and be the healthiest version of you no matter what. And if unfortunate, if, if it's the case that you're doing everything you can to be the healthiest version of you and your body looks different than that of somebody who is healthier and you're in a bigger body, that's where body positivity comes into play. You see what I'm saying? Like that's yeah, that that's sense. the importance behind it. But it's very misguided. I believe body positivity is very misguided. Yeah, like you said, I agree with you. I think people should love themselves, but I think you should love yourself to be the best version of yourself. Absolutely. And sometimes I think it's like a like kind of like a cop out to be like, Oh, I love myself massive. So you're telling me if you could give I give you yeah. a pill right now, you wouldn't be skinny. Or healthy or in shape. That, you wouldn't take exactly, it. Exactly. Yep. Everyone could be taking it or, you know, like, whoever you're offering it to. Because, you know, it's like those people that, and this is another thing I think is really fucked up about that body positivity community. When they see people trying to do something, they shame the people for trying to better themselves. So yes. you're okay when they're, they're on your team trying to, you know, be a bigger person and live this like happy go lucky life. But as soon as they want to get in shape or then you're going to start talking shit. Yep. Prime example. That's what of, I mean. It's taken too far. Yeah. It's taken out of context. It's like, uh, it's like a whole goes that whole crap in a the bucket. They want you down with them. They don't want you to elevate yourself. They don't want, like, I mean, you also be, body positivity goes in the other direction too. Yeah. So like people are also shamed for being too skinny. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes they're doing everything they can to gain weight and that's just the body they're in. I mean. Cause I, I know, know even like There's Jonah Hill got really upset that people would always comment on his body and he's like, you know, don't comment good or bad about me. Just let me be. Yeah. 
I mean, because people are people are people. They have feelings. You don't want to hear that That's shit true. all the fucking time. Right. Because if you're commenting on somebody losing weight, that means they're they've no I don't know. They've noticed what you've done to begin with, you know, or yeah. that you were overweight. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's I would sad. rather somebody look at me and go, you look so strong mm. and not be like you've lost weight or you're so skinny or blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't want somebody to be like that. I want somebody to comment on how hard I've worked. Yeah. It's like, you look happy. Exactly. Yeah. Happy and strong. There you go. Yep. Exactly. Ask her your question. Oh, sorry. My bad. Um, what is your definition of happiness? And are you currently happy? Oh man. Man, the vaguer ones are harder to answer, aren't they? <laughs> I think happiness is waking up every day and just like wanting to do what you're doing and being content in your life. And like, just being, yeah, I, I think that that's probably the best way that I can describe it. Okay. I would say that I am happy where I'm at, especially if I'm comparing it to, let's say, three months ago. Right. I am very, very happy with where I'm at. Um, I mean, there's always room for improvement. I think that there's other ways that I could be more happy. You know, I, I I'm always a, somebody who's always trying to grow. So I, I feel kind of like the same with what we just talked about where I can be okay with where I'm at, but love myself with where I am, but always want to grow. Same with happiness. I can be happy with where I am and happy with what's happening now, but I always want to, you know, I could always be happier. Um, yeah, I'm really happy. I have a wonderful husband. I have two amazing children, um, four annoying animals. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I have best in my life. I have, a couple of other really good friends who I consider quality friends. I'm definitely a quality over quantity person. Mm-hmm. Um, I live in a gorgeous state. It's almost summer. Thank God. So yeah, I would say that I'm, I'm happy with where I'm at. Okay. So you say you're in Washington state. Yes. I've been there once. It was beautiful. I went to, uh, what is it? Cannon beach or not? Cannon. Oregon. Yeah. But I'm, we drove, I think we went to Cannon Beach and then we drove through to Washington or something. Yes. But it was. And you went uh, up 101 up the coast. Is that where you, did yeah. you go up the coast? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was so lush yeah. and green. I've never seen yeah. that before. Yes. But it was. Uh, where do y'all live? Memphis, Tennessee. Okay. Yeah. So actually what's really funny. Okay. So this is, this is going to sound crazy. If Since y'all are military, this is going to sound really fucking crazy. So we're military, so we've lived a lot of different places. Mm-hmm. And when you're military, you move places without seeing where you're going. We're from Texas, and we moved to Washington. And I don't want to live in Texas. I want to be in Texas to be with family, but that's it. Um, we are probably going to move back to Texas to be with family for the short term until my kids are out of the house. My daughter's 10, so probably like for... So many years. I don't know when we're going to move, but probably in the next few years, we're going to move to Texas. And then long term, we've been thinking about moving to Tennessee. 
Really? You'd love it? Yeah. Or like yeah. Chattanooga or Nashville or something like that or Knoxville? It would probably be more towards like the Chattanooga area, like towards the mountains. Yeah. Um, but we've never been to Tennessee, so <laughs> that's why it sounds crazy because we've never been there. But <laughs> done a little bit of research, so we kind of know that like it's it's beautiful there and it's like near – it's kind of in this, the area like where it's located in the United States sounds perfect. Mm-hmm. Outdoorsy idea behind it sounds good. You know, it's not too far from our family, which is Texas. I say not too far. It is still far, but comparatively to where we're at now. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know it's still hot there, but it's not nearly as hot as Texas is. So, and you'll still get seasons. Yeah, more so than us. Yeah, Yeah. on that side, but like Gatlinburg and Chattanooga and stuff like that, you definitely get you definitely get your spring, your your snow and all that stuff. Yeah, we live. We we don't get like it's cold, hot, hot, not as hot, and that's about it. The only season we have, the only season we have that's constant is summer. Yeah, because everything else is like our spring and summer and falls can be hot or cold. It's just, okay. like even today it's freezing. I think it's like 20 something degrees outside. Yeah. It was 25 earlier. What? Yeah. But really? then like next week you'll probably be 70. Okay. <laughs> it's it's yeah. all over the place. So Texas is kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. So Raul, can you answer your own question? What is your idea of happiness and are you currently happy? I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say I'm happy. Um, I'm working on things to make myself happier. Um, you know, going back to the gym is definitely one of those things that I should have started back a little bit long time ago again, but, um, I'm doing that. Um, I'm making better choices to keep myself happier. So when you're not working out, would you consider yourself not happy? Not, not like a, not like sad or anything like that. No. But uh, my definition of happiness would be just you know, being able to do the things I want to do because I'm able bodied. Mm. Right, because there's a lot of people out there that can't. Yes. Do like just normal things that we take for granted, like this. For example, just like walking. You know. Yes. You you talk about how you like enjoy walking outside and stuff like that. Can you imagine having to get in your car and then you know you have, you have and you have to have a wheelchair because you can't walk or whatever and then you have to you know that's that's your life. Yep. You know. Like, Speaking of, my husband had a spinal cord injury in 2019 and actually had trouble walking. So this is very humbling. It's fragile, man. This this, yeah. this time in life and this body we're in yep. so fucking fragile. Yep. It can and be taken away. That, I was just like, I will never take it for granted to like be able to do the things that I can do. Yeah. Like even um, our, even our verbiage needs to change. It's like, Oh, I have to work out. No bitch. You get to work out. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And like to see him recover from that, like he's, he had a spinal fusion in his neck. Um, and to see him recover from that, he went through two plus years of physical therapy and he had to wear cuffs on his legs to help his his foot drop because his his feet would like when he would walk instead of like walking normal, mm-hmm. his foot would like come underneath oh, and just shit. like drop. And so he had to have 
cuffs on his calves right here so his foot would stay up so it wouldn't fall underneath him. But he couldn't go on hikes with me mm. because he couldn't climb up a, a mountain with me because his foot would just drop or he, it would just wear him out because it was just too hard on him. But yeah, climbing a mountains, I was just like, damn, I am not going to take this for granted because a lot of people can't see this shit. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I'll just look at my hands or my feet or something. I'm like, man, what, yeah. if, I did, what if I didn't have this? Like, what yeah. would I do? Would I be complaining about not wanting to do this thing or wishing I had the thing to be able to do the thing I'm complaining about? Yeah. Or regret or, you know, not wanting to do. Right. It's so true. But that's one thing I love about doing this podcast. It's like you hear so many different people's stories and it makes you reflect on your life and it should make you appreciate your life more. Because everybody's Absolutely. going through something. You know, some people just aren't vocal about it. But when you actually sit down and talk to somebody from a different walk of life or a different background of yours, you're like, fuck, man, there's nothing to bitch about. Yeah. It's so true. So I have a couple of questions I'd like to ask you. Uh, what's your advice for people and what mark do you see yourself leaving on the world? My goal is to always be encouraging. I think I've lacked that a lot in my life. I've, ha I've, I've not had that a lot in my life for myself. Um, I've just had a lot of people who've always just been trying to like shoot me down a lot of my life. And like I said, that's why I've stayed out of the shadows. And then just people really close to me have really hurt me a lot. And I think that my goal is to always just be encouraging and help people. And I just, that's the, that's the mark I want to leave. I just want, I want to help people and I want to, I want to be that person who is going to be that light in people's life. Who's going to be like, you can fucking do this. And no matter what way you're doing this, I'm here to cheer you on. Whether you backtrack a little bit, whether you keep going no matter what the situation is one you're not a failure two you got this and three i'm i'm here for you every step of the way i want to be that person that's the mark i want to leave hmm. i want to i want to be a trainer for people i want to be a coach to people i want to i want to help people because i feel like i have learned a lot personally and i feel i feel like i can share that knowledge with the world i think that's good you said you asked another part of that question. Oh, what's know. your advice for people? <laughs> to never give up. And to know that I, if I can do it, anybody can. I mean, hell, you can pick up any workout disc. You can you can go on walks. You can I mean, any form of activity when you're going from sitting on a couch is good activity. I mean, literally. I mean, I've it seen doesn't take much. I've seen videos where people literally just stand up and get down off the couch. That's like they're fucking yes. working out. And I'm like, fuck, man. Like, <laughs> that's something that most people take for granted. And then this and is sometimes it's not even people. working out. Sometimes it's just changing your nutrition. I yeah. mean, I tell people little baby steps, increasing your water intake. I mean, something as simple as that will can sometimes change your life. Mm -hmm. I, for example, I have a friend. Her, her name is Mandy. She lives in New York. Recently, she came and hung out with me and Jess. Um, I met her on Instagram as well. Um, I like internet friends. <laughs> um, I get to, 
I get to pick their brain a little and get to know them before I bring them into my life. But anyways, um, she is just now starting her, her fitness and nutrition journey. She's actually just about to have next week. Actually, she's having a gastric bypass done. She's very nervous. Um, this is the right move for her. She's thought through it very immensely, but she's, she's doing it the right way and she's mentally prepared for it. Um, she's 42. So she's a little later in her life. Um, but she's, she's super excited about it, but she's done, she's already lost some weight on her own just by making little small changes. She hasn't even stepped foot in a gym. Mm. Um, just by actually, she's somebody who doesn't really eat a lot to begin with. Just by increasing her food intake, she's lost weight. Um, I guess that to increase her metabolism a little bit. Um, by change, okay. In conjunction with increasing her food intake, she has changed out some of the foods that she's eating to better food choices. Yeah, and she's increased her water intake. Um, she used to drink coffee all day every day. And she has lowered her coffee intake and increased her water intake. And since I've known her, which has been about a year, a little over a year, she has lost um, 25 pounds. That's awesome. Hell yeah. And she's about to have the gastric bypass done to help get the rest off. So, yeah. There's just, like I said, there's just little changes that you can make in your, and like I said, it, it took her a year to lose 25 pounds. but those little changes helped her to lose that amount of weight in that amount of time. Yeah. I saw somebody once talk about, I don't know if we talked to them or saw somebody post it, but they were talking about like the weight loss surgery and somebody was like, Oh, you cheated. And the person's like, yeah, cheated death. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, like some people can do it on their own, but some people, they may not have that mental switch just yet or, I don't know. Maybe it is life or death that they have to fucking do it. Well, and some people, when you're older, like her at 42, she has a lot of joint problems and mm-hmm. feet problems where she can't get up and go and walk two miles like somebody who's in, like for me in my 20s, I could go and do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I could go out and work out. That wasn't a problem for me at the same weight she's at right now. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a problem for Jess at the same weight she's at right at the same weight my friend Mandy is but my, my friend Mandy is also 40 in her 40s, which is a lot different on your joints and your body carrying that kind of weight. You know, it's just different. Yeah, everything's case um, by case. Everybody has different experiences that they can handle and they can do. So for my friend Mandy to go out and walk a mile, it hurts her a little more, mm-hmm. you know. And so gastric uh, bypass for her, it although a tough decision and... Mentally, she had, I mean, she's been thinking about this for a year, the whole time I've known her. She's, it's taken her a really long time to wrap her head around it. Um, But for her, it was the best decision. You know, she has young kids too. I mean, can you imagine being 42 years old having a, she has a five and a 10 year old. That's young. I mean, she's older than me having younger kids. Like, I can't imagine. And she wants to be healthy for her children. Mm. I don't blame her, you know? So. Yeah, it's absolutely case by case, and I will never, but she's also prepared, and she knows, like, okay, she has to mentally do this and physically do this. This is not a long-term thing that's a quick fix. Like, this is going to be difficult. This is going to be hard, and this is something that she's going to have to maintain on her own eventually, and she knows that. So, 
Yeah, I think but she's also like super appreciative that she has me and Jess to be like to be that per- those people yeah. who can help her out. So, yeah, I think a lot of people that get into fitness, they don't take in consideration the maintenance that comes with it. Right. But it's all you're always going to be in maintenance mode once you start. Because it's, it's not like you just get to your goal weight or what you think you want to look like and then that's it. And you go back to your old habits because then you'll go back to the way you used to look. You always have to keep watching oh, what you're eating. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a job. But it's the it's keeping this vehicle, this, this vessel alive and to keep it to the most optimum performance that we possibly can. Because without this body, we don't have anything. Right. You know, it's no point it's like of getting wanting... gas and getting oil changes for yeah. you. Like you, you have to do those things in order to keep it running. Yeah, because without this, we're we're nothing. I was listening to this guy the other day, and he was talking about how like he he went to have he's like he's have you ever been to a funeral? And the person's like, yeah. Like you know, the guy's like stiff in a casket, and you say, "I got a billion dollars for you." And the guy just say nothing, and he's like, uh, "I got this and this," and it's the person's dead. So without the life in them. There's no point of wanting anything else. And I think a lot of people just take it for granted that they're always going to have that life. They're always going to have their youth. They're always going to have their health. And they're not. And if you don't do the things to keep your health in order, you're going to end up in a casket earlier than you probably need to be. Yep. Well, I think the hard part is, is just when you get to a certain weight, it's just scary. And I've been there. I mean, once you get to a certain weight, it's just like, okay, you're just too far gone. Mm. And and that's not the case. It's just scary, you know? And and some people are just like, and not everybody has a support system, you know? Everybody has somebody they're rooting them on. And that's why I was like, that. there's one mark I can leave on the world. That would be what it is. It's like just to help somebody get through. Yeah. Hopefully more people will have people like you in their life or they'll follow you and then they'll see how inspirational you can be and like encourage them to get on a straight and narrow or, you know, get on a path to betterment. Cause like I said, I mean, if, when you start thinking about how, how many people that we took the chance of being here and you know, it it really kicks you in the ass and be like, man, I need to do the most I can with this time. Yeah. And my other two questions are, what do you think happens when we die? And who would let you? Who would you like to give flowers or appreciation to? Oh, oh! I'm a very logical person. So, the what do you think happens when you die is a tough one for me. Because I've always, I mean, my, I've I've been grown, I've been kind of brought up Christian, so I've I've kind of always been told that there's a heaven and hell, but logically it doesn't make sense in my head. Mm. So that's that's a tough one for me to like wrap my head around. So really, really stupid answer is I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's not stupid answer. Nobody really knows. Yeah. You're just being honest. I think anybody that says they know for 100% is lying because they they are dead. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I literally, logically, I can't wrap my head around it. And my my answer is I literally don't know. I've been told you go to heaven and hell, but to me, it just, it doesn't make sense. So... I mean, I, I think it sounds great for some people. I think that helps a lot of people out. It makes them want to live a better life. 
because they have something to look forward to. So if that part of it makes you do that, kudos, keep doing that. But like, I just think that it should make you want to live a better life for other people. Yeah. You know, like I believe, I believe in ghosts. So I think that there is like some sort of limbo. Mm. Like I, I do believe that people can come and like, I do believe that some people have like some un like unresolved things or something. Yeah, unresolved stuff that they need to finish. Like, yeah. But other than that, I, I just have a hard time wrapping my head around the rest. So Well, I always tell people it's like we don't consider where we were at before we came here. So why do we really consider like worry about so much what happens afterwards? All we know is yeah. the present. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Yep. So and that, then what what was your other question? Uh, who let you who would you like to give flowers or appreciation to? Because you know, like he, we as people generally don't hear enough good shit about us on a day to day. Like you're like if your wedding or your your birthday, like the funeral, but we can't as far as I know, we can't hear that. Uh so yeah. like that's where like I think there's needs to be more of a movement where people are like, Hey, I appreciate this that you did that they can actually hear you say it, that maybe you don't say it on a daily basis to them. I would say the two most important people in my life, which would be my husband and Jessica. Um, my husband's been my number one support system since, or we've been together a really, really long time. Um, married 15 years this year. Congratulations. Together. 17. And so he has seen the entire journey I've been on every bit of it. So he's been there every single step of the way, supporting me every step of the way, loved me through it all, supported me through every, every aspect of it all. So, um, it takes a really special human to go through every part of that. So, and literally, I mean, unwaveringly love you through every single thing. So it's funny. He's like, I've literally been with like five different people in the 15 years we've been together. I'm like, yeah, technically you have <laughs> different versions of yourself. Yeah. Hmm. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I kind of figured that your husband was going to get flowers today when just listening to you talk about, you know, about things he's, he's done and all that stuff. So yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. He's, he's a really good man. I'm, I'm very grateful to have him in my life. He drives me crazy. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> That's what he's supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's he's a really he's a really special human. I'm I'm very grateful. Um, and then of course, like I said, just Jess. Like I do believe that she should have been in my life way sooner, but I'm very grateful to have her now. I do feel like she's like the other portion of my life that was missing and. She kind of completes that that part of that puzzle that I needed. Yeah, I think everybody needs a best friend. My husband has always been my best friend, but it is different having an actual like same sex best friend. You know, it, it's it's different when it's your husband. You know, mm-hmm. so and of course I I need I need a female best friend. So whenever I'm mad at him, I can vent to her. You know, <laughs> you can have, to have that. Uh, so, um, yeah, I'm. Definitely them too. I'm just grateful to have them too in my life. And they've been 
they've been everything for me. It's it's been a it's been an interesting past, I would say, year, and just having my support system be there with me through it all has been extremely, extremely helpful. So can't wait to see what the future holds. I think it's going to be great for y'all, all y'all. Yeah, I agree. Well, without Jess, we would not be having this conversation right now. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. What is, what is one thing you regret if you to die today? If you died today, like what is one thing you regret if you died today that you didn't do? Oh, um, doing this podcast. She yeah, already did. True. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thing. I try not to regret anything because I, I feel like, I, I feel like everything does happen for a reason and, and you kind of have, okay. So if I were to die today, I wish I would have gone skydiving. That's a good one. I think it's, yeah. I think someone else has said that too, right? Yeah. They, they was, haven't done, uh, yeah. They haven't gone skydiving before. Yeah. We haven't gone skydiving. My, me and my husband both want to. I think the reason we haven't yet, and this sounds really stupid because it's not a super, un, I mean, it is kind of an unsafe sport, but we both have pretty young kids. And what if something were to happen to mm, us when we go? Yeah. So we kind of want to wait to go until our kids are older. I don't know. We're no, that makes sense because you never know. Down, I, right. That's not, a, that's not dumb at all. You 100% correct. You just never know. Right. Exactly. So we're kind of just waiting a little bit to, to do that. Yeah, it's like, why put yourself in risk? Even though there's probably a small fraction that something bad will happen, there is a chance. Exactly. But it's something you chose to do. It wasn't like a car accident or something like that. Yeah. Like, exactly. it was out of your control. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, where can everybody find you at? So, I'm on Instagram. Um, it's LRS, L-R-S underscore journey. And I try to post, I post my tummy tuck journey there, um, progress. I post a lot, a lot more fitness content there. I'm trying to post more fitness content. I'm trying to kind of ease into the personal training side of things to kind of do educational, um, videos. So keep an eye out for that, but I kind of post all sorts of different content. So, Yeah. Well, like I said, we appreciate you giving us your time today. Um, yeah, and like thank I said, you. I appreciate that when he initially found Jess, that it led to this. So yeah, it all works out. Thanks for yeah, spending no, some I... time with us today. Thank you. I appreciate y'all. Well, enjoy the rest of your weekend and uh, safe travels back to your house. Yes. Y'all have a good good weekend as well. Thank and you. Don't work too hard. Yeah, I know. We got to get ready for the work week now. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Take care. All right. right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.